Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. Happy Poetry Month, the month of April, the best month of the year. (laughs) Happy Poetry Month to you. We'd really love to know what you're doing. Uh, for Poetry Month this year. So when you call in, if you call in to read, uh, make sure that uh, if you want, you're more than welcome to kind of let us know what you've been doing to celebrate poetry for the month. All right. The number to call in if you'd like to call in tonight is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. All right. We have some announcements to get through before we... uh, start off on the show, so I'll go ahead and get to those. If you are interested in putting together a writer's workshop with us, you can shoot me a message over on Facebook. would probably be easiest. If I'm not on your contacts list, you can find me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Alrighty. Let me know what you have in mind, what you'd like to put together. These can be anywhere from three or three, 30 minutes to three hours long, depending on what you need. You can do a combination of pre-recording. You can do them live or a combination of both. good thing about pre-recording is you can do them on your home computer, edit, do all that fun stuff, and uh, then shoot them to me over in the form of an MP3 file. So we can do those pre-recorded. If you want to do a combination where maybe we play the pre-recorded part first and then come on live and talk to the audience afterwards, we can do that. Or we can do the whole thing live if you want audience participation. This can be on any subject that you want it to be on as long as it is encompassing writing or publishing or poetry, that type of thing. Your favorite genre of poetry, maybe doing spoken word. Uh, anything that you want to talk about, just let me know. We'll get that put together. It'll be a lot of fun. We have some real cool ones coming up. Next thing, I want to take a moment to, first of all, thank last year's sponsors of the Speakeasy Cafe. We had Star Severon, James, Sapien, and Roy Murdoch. I want to thank all of you for sponsoring last year. Our licensing year was up, and we are, is coming up, and we are... Um, getting that taken care of now. I want to thank, and it's kind of, I did it a little bit different this year. Um, I created a fundraiser to help uh, make donations and sponsors for the show. Um, So anybody could uh, get involved and do it that way. It made it it really fun and really easy. Um, But I wanted to thank the people, and, and it's going to be fun because there's so many of you who jumped on board um, we were, we had 600 or over $1,200 goal, so we did the fundraiser for the 600. We have raised $230 of the 600 that we need for the year, and that only leaves a total of 270. So, or excuse me, 370. So all we need is the, is the to reach the goal is the 370. If you're interested in donating and uh, sponsor, helping sponsor the Speakeasy Cafe for the 2019 season, you can jump over onto my Facebook page, and you'll find the fundraiser thing on there. 
and uh, appreciate it. I want to send a shout-out real quick to all of you who have donated, and that's why this is going to be so much fun this year. Is, you know, Usually when I thank the sponsors, there's been one or two consistent sponsors over the last couple of years. And uh, now I've got a whole bunch of you to thank. <laughs> and it really, you know, it's been it's been really fun because, um, you know, we've been doing this for so long. We've been doing this for 12 years together. And I know you guys. And I know your history. And I know where you've come from. I know where you've been. I know the things that you've shared with me that you haven't shared with anyone else. You know, and knowing some of these things, you know, for these sponsors, it really means a lot. Um to know what's going on in their lives, the reasons that they're sponsoring, and all of that stuff. So, you know, I've I've had so many emotional moments seeing the support you guys have given the show and the community and the poets, and I just appreciate it. But, you know, for the the sentiment behind your donations, I want to thank you for that as well because I know how deeply from the heart it it comes, and I know what this community and and all of this means to you guys. So. Um, Thank you. Again, our repeat donator, sponsor for the show. I want to thank James Winsapian, our fuzzy hermit in the woods. I want to thank Sean Gullickson, my son, <laughs> which was really interesting when I saw that on there because every time I talk to him about the show, he says, are you making any money on it yet? I don't make any money on this show. I don't, um, I don't get paid to do this. I don't have sponsors. We don't have commercials. You know, we uh, it costs us every year to put this show on all year long with our licensees, licensing fees and stuff. So, you know, no, I always tell him, no, I'm not making any money on it yet. And he goes, well, there's a way to make money on it. But then I sit there last year when I was talking to him, I reminded him, I said, you know, you are going to be our next president. You're going to be running for mayor here pretty soon, then governor, and you're on, like, the the school board, and you're all over the, you know, he's pretty big, awesome deal in Colorado Springs. Um, if you Google him, Sean Gullickson, yeah, he's a great guy. So awesome. Anyway, so, you know, it was kind of cool to see him do that. But I told him, I said, you don't get paid to do any of that government work that you do, the volunteer times at the school and the school district and all that. You do it because it's a passion to you. And it's the same reason I do this. And so seeing that donation from him this year um, really means a lot to me. I'm so proud of that boy. And, uh, you know, I, I just it really meant a lot to me that he, he did that for me this year. Um, this one will go without explaining, um, but uh, our next sponsor for this year is Gary and Noreen Snyder. And uh, appreciate you both and love you. And thank you because I know what's going on. We don't, you know, Noreen just lost Gary this year and the end of last year. I just lost Gary, and, and uh, you know, he's he's here. He's always here. All of the poets that we lose, you know, their fingerprints are left on our hearts, on our souls. Their words can't be erased from us. You know, they're they're a permanent marker there. And and so to get that donation from Gary and Noreen Snyder was pretty freaking amazing. Ronald Bremner, awesome, awesome. And I just found that he's local. That's awesome. I didn't. I I don't don't know why I didn't know that. Um, want to thank him, Ronald Bremner, for helping sponsor the show. Melvin Douglas Johnson, longtime friend um, and someone I admire very much. Love him dearly. Thank you. Repeat sponsor, Mangus Khan. And uh, it's kind of awesome to have him sponsor because this is the second time that he's done this. And the first time was for a very emotional reason. And I carry that 
love and sentiment and emotion from the first time in through this time. You know, even though he doesn't get here to read, he, he maybe comes on here and reads maybe once or twice a year now. He's busy. He's got a life, you know. Um, but he still comes home once in a while. And then to see that on there, you know, it lets me know that we're still such a big part of his life and we just love him so much and thank him for that. Uma Pochampilli, Pali, I don't say it right, Pochampali. Um just the most humble, sweetest woman in the world, and appreciate her so much being a part of the family. I'm such a fan of hers, and she has such a unique and beautiful voice in our community. And uh, Terry Galloway, Terry Galloway, I want to thank him too. Uh, awesome friend, and he doesn't call in and read. He uh, he hang out, hangs out, and listens sometime. But you know, it's kind of uh, pretty damn cool to get a sponsorship from a listener, not even from a reader. I mean, we come on, we read our poetry, we get our five minutes of fame, but and he's just sitting back listening <laughs> and, and made a donation. So, you know, the donations have been huge and small and everywhere in between. And, you know, that part of it isn't what matters. You know, the part of it for that, that matters for me is I know the heart behind each one of these. And uh, it just means the world. So if you guys would like to uh, help bring up that last $370 for the year, you can jump over on my page, make a donation, and uh, then we get to talk about you all year long every show. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. And uh, you, just, you just have no idea. All right. So at the beginning of every show, every show, like you can go back in the archives if you ever get stuck and need a writing prompter, some inspiration. Beginning of every show, we do a couple of writing things, things to push you, things to help you grow as a writer. You know, it's one thing to be able to come on here and just read your stuff, but I feel like my time my time with you, it, I, I need to use that as well to help you grow as writers. Otherwise, you know, why come here every single week if there isn't something that feeds you? You know, if there if there isn't a way that I can help you grow, become a better writer, uh, experiment, play, make messy with your muses, you know, I think that that's important to do. I think inspiring each other is important. I think taking five minutes, our eyes off of ourselves for five minutes and, and looking at, you know, people around us, you know, sometimes the most inspiring thing in the world is to pass some inspiration to somebody else and watch it grow. For me, that is an absolute high. You know, when I give you guys your assignments and your work, uh, work assignments and and homework and prompts and all that stuff, and you guys bring those back to me and I see what that seed planted grows into, I can't even tell you what a rush that is for me. Probably out of out of everything, doing this show for the last uh, 12 years this is our 13th year. We 13 years in October. Um, but I think that's the, the my favorite thing about this show is throwing seeds out there and watching you guys bring them back to me. It's just incredible, you know. And then the long-term thing is just watching how you all have grown and changed and changed and, you know, the friendships develop and the, the just to be able to be, I mean, this is longer than most marriages, longer than like most people to marriages put together, you know, that we've been here. And uh, it's just amazing. But so doing these are important to me. It is important to me that I push you as writers. You know, if I'm going to take this time out of your week, then, you know, I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to do everything that I can do to help provoke your pen and uh, just help you grow as a writer. 
it's sometimes it's hard for some of us as writers because we don't get that positive reinforcement. We don't get those those cheers. We don't get those things out of our everyday life. You know, usually if I tell my parents, you know, or I talk to somebody or I say, you know, someone that knows me, my, my family never reads my writing, ever. You know, <laughs> it's like that. Oh, it's just, oh, mom wrote some pretty words. Isn't that cute? Okay, mom, can I have a sandwich? <laughs> you know, we just we don't get that out of our everyday life. And so, being able to provide that here and do stuff like that here, being able to share that with other people, people you reach out and touch, um, you know, the people that I, the, you guys that I spend every week with, you know, and and paying it forward and and just doing all that. It's um, it's pretty cool. Especially during National Poetry Month, that's something that I talked about earlier. Uh, you know, it being National Poetry Month, and if you, you know, whatever you're doing for National Poetry Month, to, um, you know, let me know when you call in. But, you know, being National Poetry Month, it's like do do things that, do things that that push and inspired. You know, don't do just the 30 poems a day. Everybody does that. Do something surprising. Do something out of your comfort zone. You know, send out, you know, I've been doing prompts on my page for everybody all week long and posting little tidbits and teasers out of two books that I'm working on right now. And, um, you know, have the poems that I've been passing out to strangers in the streets uh, all week long. So, you know, do things, do things that push you. Anyway, I don't know where I was or going with that or how to get back to where I was, so we're just going to move forward from here. I'll keep talking forever because you know how I am. I get passionate about this. This is really important to me. You know, watching you guys grow, you know, trying to do something that's going to make a difference. It's what I love. It's what I get out of doing this. But anyway, so at the beginning of every show, we always do writing exercises and stuff like that. Now, I've been doing it a little bit different. I always like to throw things into the mix that I think that might be fun. To, and some, you know, some stick around and some peter out and go away. But so far, this one's been okay. I've gotten some positive feedback on this. But I was sitting there looking on the computer one day, and it was it was it was like National Something Weird, like National Web Feet Day. And it's like, what the hell? Who who knew there was a National Web Feet Day, right? Who would think that? It's like, oh my gosh. I need a reason to bake a cake today. Oh, my, it's National Webbed Feet Day. I'm making cakes. <laughs> you know, I have an excuse for frosting. Life, you know, frosting is life. Life is just a venue for frosting or whatever. I love frosting. Um, <laughs> so it's like, huh. So I, did, I, I Googled it, National National Day. I think I, I it was what I Googled, and it came up with this calendar that had a list of all the things that every day is. And so what I found this week, and I've been I've been giving you that because one of the things that I think is really important and probably one of my favorite things I've ever written came out of doing research of something random. And um, so these things that you find when you, like today, for instance, is uh, National Barbershop Quartet Day. I bet you didn't know. Um, that's the name of this segment, by, by the way, Bet You Didn't Know. Um, but Bet You Didn't Know, it's National Barbershop Quartet Day, and we'll give you a couple more here in a minute. But so Google Barbershop Quartets. How did they start? How did they get famous? When was their heyday? You know, what was their purpose? You know, the whole thing. You know, get the history on it. Because when you learn about something, not only can it maybe provoke a poem or a train of thought, but it's putting a resource in your memory pack. So the next time you're writing something, 
you know, and you're talking about this person who is just, you know, who is who is committed to making the world harmonious and work together and save the planet and make a perfect ecosystem. You'll be, oh, yeah, I remember what Barbershop Quartet Day meant. And you can throw that into the poem as something really crazy and surprising that someone wouldn't expect, you know, so... Uh, you know, she she wanted a, a utopian world as unified as a barbershop quartet. That's not something you'd expect to hear. And forgive me, it wasn't a great line, but you get the idea. You know, so it's really important to find little things. Just look them up and put, put the more you you have to have input in order to have output. The more input you have, the more of a resource and a pool you're going to be able to pull on when you're putting something down on paper. Okay, so I bet you didn't know that it is National Barbershop Quartet Day. It's National Submarine Day. We all needed to celebrate that submarine. Submarines, you know, National Submarine Day. So I remember one time when I was in school, this guy asked me if I wanted to go see the submarine races. Submarine races. I lived up near St. Helens, Oregon, and the Willamette River went through there. And, and uh he he had me for about three minutes, like, what? Submarine? What? And then I got it, and oh, I was so pissed. <laughs> I was pissed that I didn't, it took me three minutes to get it. But no, we didn't go. Anyway, it's National Submarine Day. It is National Teach Your Children to Save Day. National Teach Your Children to Save Day. This one is really funny. <laughs> I mean, who sit there? It's, so this is a national thing. This is something we celebrate all over the country, right? But I want to know who initiated it and why it was necessary. But today, people, is National 8-Track Tape Day. You, yep, yep, I'm not kidding. National 8-Track Tape Day. We all need to celebrate that one faded 8-track with that scuffed-up collar of Freaking Neil Diamond and them great big lamb chop milk uh, uh, sideburns. That's what it was, sideburns. Milkshake. I'm hungry. Can you tell? I watched Charles C.B. Banks is going to call in and read a food poem tonight. Um, it is National Pet Day. It is National Cheese Fondue Day. It is National Alcohol Screening Day. And it is also National Support Teen Literature Day. So everybody should be running around all day long dressed like glittering vampires. Or, or like hotty wolves with wolf ears. Okay, National Support Teen Literature Day. So look up some of those things. Get some facts in there. Have some fun with it. Be curious, curiouser and curiouser. You know, take five minutes when you don't have anything else to do and just Google something random like that and and learn, put things in your in your memory bank. Be able to use them later. One of the other things that we do at the beginning of every show is we do a journal assignment. Now, a journal assignment, one of your assignments at the beginning of the year was to get a journal and a pen or a three-ring notebook, a spiral notebook, whatever. Uh, I don't want you really sitting on your computer and doing this. I want an ink pen in your hand because you cannot write with your hand as fast as you can type. When you write, handwrite something out, your brain slows down. This is just science, folks. <laughs> That you didn't know I knew science, huh? Um, your brain slows down because you can only write as fast as your hand moves. When your brain slows down, you think differently. Okay, so it's fine if you want to sit on the computer and type something out, you know, 60 words a minute, and boom, you have your palm. But also challenge your brain to slow down. So that's why using the journal is so important. Pen and paper. Okay. 
So we do a journal assignment, we do a writing exercise, and we do a writing prompt. So I'm going to go ahead and give those to you real quick. Our journal assignment has to do with one of our days, our national days. And I thought it was really funny um, when I when I read that, you know, and I was teasing about the sparkly vampires, but the National Support Teen Literature Day. And it made me laugh because I – when they were doing all coming out with all of these, you know, vampire love stories and, you know, these series books and stuff like that, that's all you saw everywhere when Twilight came out, then all of a sudden there was five thousand, you know, teenage vampire romance books out there and paranormal romances and things like that. So I decided I was gonna write my own paranormal uh romance, my the next new teen sensation literature, uh paranormal romance. And it was gonna be about a a vegetarian college student a vegetarian college student who fell in love with Swamp Thing it's kind of funny if you think about it anyway so your journal assignment is is I want you to write at the top uh, National Support Teen Literature Day and I want you to sit down in your uh, in your journal and I want you to write the first chapter in your teen literature book Okay, you, you're probably never going to write a teen literature book, but just to get your pen moving and have you think and have some fun and play messy, you know, just remember how important it is just to write, that every single time you put pen to paper, you do not need to write something, you know, that's going to go in the Poetry Hall of Fame. Sometimes you just have to write. That's part of discipline as a writer. That's part of being a great writer. Uh, is just right. So sit down and write the first chapter in your, and just make it silly, have fun, but just write, you know, your first chapter. And you make your chapter, what, three, four pages? You know, just sit there and write, write, and make up your your story, your first chapter. I think you'll have a lot of fun with that. I do that once in a while. It's really cool. So I think the reason I write poetry is because I can never finish a short story, you know, which a short story was supposed to be a novella and which a novella was supposed to be a novel. Um, they just keep getting shorter because I, I I think I have a closure problem. But, yeah, I think that's why I write poetry. Anyway, so your writing exercise for the week. And remember, a writing exercise is meant to push you out of your comfort zone. Think about things in a way you normally wouldn't think about them. Write them in a way you normally wouldn't write them. Do something as a uh, as a human being to feed and nurture and help your creative side grow acknowledging that your creative side exists you know too much adulting is not good for that creative side it needs to be fed too it needs to be nurtured it needs to be taken out aired out shook out whatever um you know beaten with a broom i don't care that's kind of like a rug but we don't really want to beat our muses with a broom sometimes i really that's a lie that is a lie there are times i swear i want to beat my muse with a broom there i said it i feel so much better <laughs> Um, so, you know, the exercise just, exercise is just to make you think. All right, so what I want you to do, and this is going to do a couple of different things. One is just going to make you write, but it's also going to make you think about, you know, people say, you know, I'm a lone writer, I just write by, and I sit in the dark, and, you know, no, you know, there's so many people in our lives who influence us, who touch us, who, you know, are important to us in ways that we don't even realize until we stop to think about it. But I want you to, in your uh, in your your exercise book, I want you to 
write an acknowledgement page that would be placed in your first book or your next book, published book, thanking all the people who have helped you along the way. So sit down and write an acknowledgement page that will be placed in your next book or first book, thanking all of the people who have helped you along the way, who've influenced you, who've inspired you, who've pushed you, who's whatever, you know, from when you first started as a kid. And, uh, you know, you may end up with a great poem out of that once you sit down and start doing it, but if you write it out as an acknowledgement page, it makes you think about it in a different way than trying to force it into a poem. And you're going to end up writing things that you wouldn't even think about were you writing it in a po- in poem form. So write acknowledgement. Yeah, there we go. So the last one, we have your writing prompt. The writing prompt, its intent is to create a poem. It can be the, the prompt can be the title of the poem. It can be a line in the poem. It can be the general concept of the poem. It can be the general concept that made you think of the concept for the poem. All right, But it has to seed from this. It has to stem from this. So your writing prompt for this week is spiraling in indigo. I love that word, indigo. Spiraling in indigo. That's your writing prompt. If you didn't get any of these written down or you missed something or I was talking too fast, you can always go back and listen at the uh, at the end of the show. The archive will be up and you can listen back to the beginning of the show and write down anything that you happen to miss. So don't don't be frantically trying to write and remember. I do talk fast because uh, I want to get to you guys. <laughs> All right, so the next thing I'm going to do, I'm going to play an audio track. And we always start and end every episode with a recording by one of you. If you are a recording artist or have anything on your, of yours on MP3 format, you can email those to me. The word that is in the speaky uh, – the where the is in the email title, it is the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com. That's the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com. We can get that uploaded to the show's library, play it for the world, and it will be amazing. All right. Now, the piece that I picked to play is going to be by Carlos, written in pain, and I picked out uh, the piece of his. He sent me two new ones, but I have not been able to get those uploaded yet. So I wanted to play something of his. And I like this one because it's about 1,000 poets. It's about doing spoken word poetry. It's really cute and funny. And uh, I think that you guys will enjoy it. So here we go. All week, what I wrote to write was for tonight. I'm going to recite open mic poetry night. I reached the door, the cover charge. Crowd neither small or large. Poet number one, his name King Sun. I could tell his piece was a religious one. He said hallelujah, amen, before he begun. Seemed like forever before he was done. I'm like, was he motivated by the Bible or reciting one? Yes, pride should exist in every human being, but poets are the proudest I've ever seen. Gay pride, women's pride, black pride, soldier pride. He never died. He got pride. His parents died. He never cried. Muslim pride. I did not take part in bombing suicide. We only up to 15 he doing a poem about the price of gasoline. Poet 20, his piece would have moved me. Except he kept quoting movies. In that tone, in that tone, poet you, poet you, groovy, groovy. Poet 50 was an ex-rapper, slowing up his bars. Doing a poem about girls, jewelry, and luxury cars. The next poet's vocab was enormous, a breathing, walking. 
talking Byzantium, the next two thought was poetry. He doing poetry. She's singing the chorus. Four one hundred, writing about love again. Here it come again. Heartache, heartbreak. How much can a heart take? I'm like, won't you leave and grieve? Learn from your mistakes. Poet two hundred and sixty-four. Over you ready? He said or read before. Honestly, I couldn't take no more. I didn't even want to hear what poet three hundred had to say. He had dreadlocks and a book bag. I was thinking he was talking about the problems of the world today and how there's no medication in Zimbabwe. He was telling us the future signs and said peace and blessings in all his lines. When Poet 500 hit the stage, her peace was so long I could feel myself age. Every time I thought she was done, she flipped a page. People started talking, yawning, she wasn't saved. Poet 550 started spitting about how dope his quotes is. I figured he was on dope when he wrote this. Like a poem so abstract it's whack. He said silhouetted soliloquies. I'm like, what the hell is that? Poet 720 had blonde hair spitting a piece about he black. Not only was the 733rd poet's piece long, but he was shouting at us like we did something wrong. Poet 776 sang a song, and she wanted us to sing along, a gospel song. She know the notes, she just can't hold on. Even the Lord knows she wrong. By the time she finished her screaming, people was leaving. She pointing, talking about, see, that's them demons. Poet 800 was a lady who truly touched my heart. Telling a tale about a woman who lived from a shopping cart. When out of nowhere, she cut the tale short. Talking about, get a rest on my CD. Show a poet some support. I'm pissed. Handed her five bucks for the disc. The next 20 poets, all the same. He left me. She left me. I'm so empty. Religion, politics, similes, metaphors, verbal tricks. I'm skinny. Love me. I'm chubby. Hug me. So what if I'm ugly? Look inside. Love me. I'm celibate. I'm selling it. I do it for the hell of it. Poet 910. Tight shirt, wanna be model, smelling like he wearing the whole bottle. Women moaning before he said a word. I wonder what they heard. Cause they moaned, hissed, and whistled through their teeth. Through this man whole piece. They didn't know what they was missing. Me neither, cause I didn't listen. Well, the 999th poet. By now the crowd was void of any energy. I closed my eyes and I grabbed the mic. And I shared this piece I'm about to recite. <clears throat> One thousand posts, including me. Yet there's no eluding me. Just your relation to the pain is including me. See, it's the painful pen that's soothing me. It's my mistakes improving me. So I make it plain to see, so you won't live as painfully or experience pain as explained to me. So when you fail, there's no blame for me when I exchange the claim for free. I gave what remains of me. If it inspires you, it takes a little bit of the pain off me. So I hope you see my pen as a blessing to give you food for thought. Please come back for seconds. When I open my eyes, what do I see? Two drunks, the DJ, Poet 1000, and me, and me, and me, and me. Absolutely love that piece. It just I just laugh every time I hear him. 
every time I hear him do that one, I uh, heard one of the pieces that he sent to me before uh, that I haven't gotten upload yet, uploaded yet, and uh, pretty freaking amazing. I'm real excited to get that and share it with you, but it just won't be tonight. All right, so now what do we do next? If you are on hold, guys, this is what you can expect. First of all, if you'd like to call in and read tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. If you call in and you are on hold right now, uh, we do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 540. You are my first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When we bring you on, make sure that you introduce yourself. That's really important. Let people know who you are. You always want to make sure that your name is attached to your work. You don't ever want to send it out there into the world as anonymous. Nobody wants to be that guy. Uh, So make sure you uh, tell everyone who you are. Next thing, you can read, uh, you can, looking at the phone lines, you can read two poems starting out as long as they're not long you know, two medium-sized poems, and you'll be good. If the lines get any fuller tonight, then we're going to have to cut that back to reading just one poem. So, but right now you're good at reading two as long as they're, and, you know, don't push that envelope. You guys know what I'm talking about, you know, the difference between long and short. So, you know, two mediums. And, uh, yeah, if that changes, I'll have to let you know. Next thing, when you're done reading, make sure that you give out your URL. Make sure people know how to come find you, network with you, so you can uh, inspire and be inspired by each other. Remember that we do have a mature rating. That means no bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. Don't get graphic, no adult porn poems. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, so other than, if anything but that, you're good to go. And you know, You're going to hear just about anything tonight. So, uh, yeah, mature rating but not an adult rating. You know the difference. I want to let area codes 256951 and 201 know that you are – oh, there we go. So 951 and 201, you are not in the lineup. 951201, if either of you would like to come on and read tonight, please press 1. If you're here just listening and hanging out, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. If you change your mind at any time, 951 and 201, just press 1, and it will put you in the lineup at that time. All right, let's go ahead and take our first caller tonight, which comes from area code – Oh, let me give the first four. Oh, let me do, wait, wait. Nope, I'm not unmuting you yet. Um, please, Psych. I want to give the first three callers so you kind of know where you are in the lineup coming up. So we have 540, then we have 562, and then 910. So let's go ahead and bring on 540. 540, are you with me? Hey, this is Philip Church down in Virginia. Hey, Philip Church. How are you getting? You're getting like first every week now. This is pretty awesome. <laughs> Uh, well, I I I I hit one like uh, right at 7:45 our time <laughs> when, my, when, when my phone changes. So, uh, but yeah, not I a lot of people know that you can actually call into the show 15 minutes before the show starts and uh, yeah. hang out and talk. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess they all do now. You won't be first anymore, right? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, if they want to try to race me, they're welcome to it. <laughs> <laughs> funny <laughs> but uh all right i know i know i haven't been on the last uh, couple of weeks or so uh they uh, uh they gave me a new medication that makes my tongue wrap around my eye tooth and i can't see what i'm saying <laughs> you know the the whole visual of that just 
made me want to hug you so big. Oh. <laughs> I was but just picturing it, and it made me think about one of those little bulldogs who always has their tongue tangled in their teeth, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yep. It was yeah, such uh, a no, cute I'm, image. Uh, I'm in a very good mood tonight. So uh, I got a, uh, you know, before I, you know, I do, I, I write songs as well. And so my, my first one I want to read you is, uh, well, it's a song, but of course, it's they all start out as poems, so you'll hear the poetic version. And then, uh, you know, you were talking about, uh, I guess, like a, a writer having different ranges. So uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to go the exact opposite with my second poem and uh, do my first, I guess, PG-rated poem on here. So, <laughs> but this first poem, uh, I got uh, I got four beautiful, wonderful granddaughters. And and naturally, uh, this is this is for them and uh, dedicated to them. And uh, it's uh, it's called Princess. Now, all little girls are a gift from above, and fathers can be their very first love. When little hearts break, hold them as they cry. Just make that little girl the apple of your eye. Learn how to braid her hair and how to play at tea and hold on to her tight when she's on your knee. Yeah, many girls have dreams of a charming fella, and they want to be treated just like Cinderella, treasured as if they're diamonds and pearls. Remember, all little girls should be daddy's girls. So fit the glass slipper and come to your senses because every little girl ought to be a princess. The world can be rough, but don't keep her on a shelf. Daddy, you just hang tough as you let her find herself. And when the boyfriends come, though it be hard not to bother, just know her first Prince Charming will always be her father. And then someday she's a bride, and you'll have to force a smile. For the hardest walk you'll ever take is with your princess down the aisle. End poem. Oh, that was beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful. Well, thank you. And there's a good video that goes with that, too. There's uh, a video? The second one. Oh, I do video on my poems. I, I do music and videos for all my poems. Post, uh, <laughs> if you think about it, post that one over on my page. Post a link on my page. Oh, sure. It, I, the, the, it's got my granddaughters in it, pictures of my granddaughters. Oh, I want to so, see um, it, please. Uh, uh, Put it on my page. Oh, I absolutely will. That's no problem. Okay, thank you. Now, you may not want this one on your page. Um, just to show you, I can do a little range. <clears throat> this is called Barking Spiders. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> okay, I've got to stop laughing one first. One Give one me one a minute. One Give one me one a minute. But now All right, go know, ahead. I'm the, guy, I'm the guy that held the, the workshop on how to write sonnets, right? So mm-hmm. here's my poem about barking spiders. Now and then the silence was broken our abode with a sound like someone uh, stomping on a toad. And sometimes mom would cuss and us kids would giggle because we would hear a mouse on a motorcycle. While we hoped choking crickets weren't strong leapers, we would have to evacuate from Virginia Creepers. 
Now, we wouldn't strike a match or light our lighters because the worst of them all were the barking spiders. Now, we always feared of what might linger when Dad would make us pull his finger. And cracking the, <clears throat> cracking the window was a rule properly moot if last night's supper contained any musical fruit. Sometimes at stores, you might quickly lose your smile if you found a barking spider had just been in your aisle. Or when you're coughing in public, you might have a doubt in keeping those barking spiders from sneaking on out. Barking spiders? Did someone spring a leak while trying to do the one-cheek sneak? Barking spiders, the burning in your eye. Barking spiders, did something die? In poems. Oh, you are absolutely wrong. I want that on my page so flipping bad I can't see straight. Yeah, it's got a video, too. That's why I, I started laughing when you said the title. It's like, oh, my God, this is going to be fun. You know, what's, you know, there's things in life that really bother us, you know, that are our pet peeves or our, that, that are our things, our issues, you know, our quirks. This is my thing, all right, deal with it. You know, it's like I hate spiders. Spiders make me cry. I don't like moths. I can't even tell you how bad they freak me out and scare me. I hate Moths and butterflies, you know, they're not much better. They're just moths and drag, right? Right. So, yeah. <laughs> clowns. I am terrified of clowns. Who in the fuck ever thought of making a clown something cool for a kid? That is the creepiest thing, like scary, scary, scary nightmare thing for me. Clowns? No, no, no. And then, and then, one of the things I that I, I hate restaurants that don't. Uh, cut lettuce up into bite-sized pieces. You're going out and you're on a date and you're trying to eat your salad because, you know, you're not going to order that big 5,000-pound piece of or calorie piece of lasagna. No, you're going to sit there and eat a salad like you're nice and demure. And then you try to take a bite and, the, and it's like a whole head of lettuce on the end of your fork. How do you eat that gracefully? You know, if you're going to serve, serve me a salad, cut the lettuce up. But the worst thing in the world is when you're in a grocery store and you walk down the aisle and you smell someone's fart. I know. <laughs> and there's a reason it smells like a fart. The reason that a fart smells like an ass is because that air was in there, okay? And if it's floating yeah. around and I can smell it, that means there are ass particles still in it. And so I'm oh, yeah. walking down the aisle, and all of a sudden I get someone's ass particles in my nose. I totally lose my shit. I'm out of there. I'm, it just so freaks me out. It's like <laughs> there's somebody, someone's actual butt in my nose. I want gone. <laughs> so yeah, when you yeah, read that, it's like, oh, that was awesome. That was so funny. And, you know, you all, y'all can sit there and laugh at me all you want, but you know, you know, there were parts of that poem that you knew. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gas particles. Oh. Yeah, you know, you're talking about, uh, like, what, little turd molecules hanging off your nose hairs. Yes. <laughs> yes, someone's butt is in my nose. And then when you breathe it in your nose, it's like your nose is a mucus. It immediately gets gets pumped in, you know, absorbed into your bloodstream. And, and, and I have someone's ass pumping through my heart i don't like it you know be nice go outside and then come back in don't do that to me guys (laughs) okay i'm done (laughs) see you know when you can write a poem that provokes an emotional response out of someone you know you've written something important and i'm telling you that was a great poem that was amazing that was fun and relatable and 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 you know, I I can't think of anybody that would not love that poem. There were, there was nothing offensive in it. It was good, fun, playful, great. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I'm talking. I will definitely uh, post post some videos to your page, and 
I'm going to scoot on out and give somebody else a shot at it here. So uh, I'm Philip Church. I'm uh, making a comeback, trying to, uh, after a bout of bad health. So you can find me on Facebook, Philip Church. Feel free to friend me, and the more the merrier, and uh, my books. Uh, you can find them on Amazon.com, uh, uh, Philip Kent Church, K-E-N-T. Uh, search that out, and you should find all my stuff. <laughs> Moon Cookie says, I sterilize my blood daily. <laughs> You guys, it really creeps me out. I'm sorry. It really, really does. I'm not even kidding. All right, Philip, I love you, baby. Thank you for the reads. Great job, honey. I love you, too. We'll holler at you next week. All right. Bye, sweetheart. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a classic. That's going to be in his best of collection. All right. Next caller is 562. 562, you are on the air. Uh, good evening, Nala. This is Samuel Rain. How you doing? Hey, Samuel. Good to hear from you, sweetheart. How are you doing? All right. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Got got a chance to get in early. I am glad. That's awesome. Yeah. So what's going on with you right now? What do you have for us tonight? Why did you pick it out? All that good stuff. Uh, well, the, the first little snippet I'm going to do was was a response to my performance last night, and then uh, at a live open mic, and then I'm going to do a poem that I actually shared with you. I don't know if you'll be able to upload it or not, but I, I'm going to do it without the music, and it's in my next book that's coming out, "Love in the Conversation." The that's the track that you sent me. Yes, well, the track I sent you was titled "May I Be." Okay, I don't and have it uploaded yet. The, I haven't had a chance year. to sit down and get all that done. But so I have some from you. I have the or some from uh, Written in Pain, one from you, and uh, any that you have, you're welcome to send me. By the way. Absolutely, thank you. Okay. okay, so this little snippet was inspired by last night's poetry, and uh, I wrote this poem called "Again," which is, I say I I uh, she was a love poem, and I slept with poetry last night. That's Part of the line that's in the poem So here's the snippet I broke up with poetry Somewhere the metaphor said She still loved me Even though we're sleeping With the same woman In peace I love it I love it yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good what the poet said after I performed and she came up and performed and she said something and I'm like, I'm going to have to write that down. So it was so <laughs> cool. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm going to I'm gonna use that and when I go to L.A., uh, I'm going to do uh, like four spots in L.A. in May. So I'm going to uh, share that little snippet because they've heard me do uh, the She Was a Love poem. So now I'm going to tell them I, I, I broke up with her. So it's going to be <laughs> you know, great. do you do that very often? Do you write snippets a lot? Uh, yeah, you know, I do. Like, um, she was the morning after. And she was all that the night before. To think that she was the girl <laughs> next door. <laughs> yeah. So instead of writing haikus, I write what I I call now moments, things that could happen like right now. And mm-hmm. so I write them, and then and then later they may turn into a poem, you know. I usually I call them poetry beginning. hiccups. 
You know, it's when you start to do yeah. a poem, but it's like, oh, it wasn't really a poem. It was just this great poetic thought, and you write it down. And, and you know, sometimes it's just a random abstract sentence that could have amazing beginning and amazing end, but it's okay as just a sentence. You know, there's things that I've, that I've written like that, and, and I've got tons of them, tons of them. My little poetry hiccups. Yeah. yeah. Or I'll find something to use as an ad lib in between poems that will take me to another poem and just say this little ad lib and I, I write those too. You know, just oh, this is going to help me make that move to transition to the next piece I want to do. So you know, like I do short poems, but I put a bunch of them together. Now this piece is a little bit longer, and with the music, when you play it, you, you're actually going to hear it for a little bit over three minutes. But uh, without the music, it's not quite that long because I don't take that long to recite it. Okay. The, 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 the music definitely helps me put it in the mood. So, I, so I'm going to try to stay focused and, and see if I can do it like that. Okay. So, And the title of the piece is May I Be. Your wanting takes me from into all the moments of you that kiss all the life I could ever be you were that next breath, captivating the very thought of me. The tenderness of your touch consumed my heart like a river, seeking its destination. My love would become you. I can't wait another minute. We are meant to be. Like a secondhand caressing time, I would hold these beat of your heart as though it were mine. You have never loved this deep. I mean to say, I want you more than you ever imagined. For every moment, I have to be that one yearning, leaving your body weak. Your thoughts are now my every desire when I am you and you are me. To have a kiss like this moves me to a wanting. I could never let go. I speak of a passion that has no end. I speak of my temptation calling for you to give in. For the moments of your hunger will have me living in your dreams. These pledges are to be every chapter I share my life with you. As I uncomplicate your thoughts, know this. I am the protector of your heart. Samuel Rain, in peace. You know, I absolutely love the connection that you're talking about there. I don't know if you know much about the anglerfish. Do you know very much about the anglerfish? No. Anglerfish is supposed to be, it's considered like a prehistoric fish, and it's way down in the, the deep, 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 deep parts of the ocean where hardly anything lives. And it's got this little thing that dangles above its face that looks like a little a light. Like a little light bulb. Okay. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that's an anglerfish. But when an anglerfish mates, what's pretty amazing about the anglerfish is when it chooses a mate, the male fish, you know how big the anglerfish are, the the male of the species looks like a little tiny, unpresumptuous, uh, no little dangly face thing, goldfish. They're tiny. They are maybe a tenth the size of the females. And what they do is they go and they they find a female and they will attach themselves to the female and they will spend the they sink their teeth into her. They bite her, and they stay there for the rest of their lives. 
that you know that her skin will end up uh, growing around him, and they are attached like that. And he doesn't do anything; he just swims around, and he's kind of like a vampire fish. He lives lives off of her, like a baby would live off a mom. Um, but he lives off of her bloodstream, and she runs around. And then he's always right there whenever she wants to have sex. She's he's right there waiting for her. You know, it's kind of convenient. <laughs> but <laughs> so when you think, you know, it's like, you know, when you think about that connection, you know, I, when you were talking about the type of connection you were talking about, the one that never goes away, the one that, you know, you, you sink your teeth into and you know is going to always be there, the one you can't get loose from, you know, is the type of connection I was hearing you write about. And it made me think about the angler fish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because it, it is. It's that, it's that deep, intense crazy passionate can never ever ever get out of your bloodstream type of a connection that you're talking about at least that i felt like you were talking about in that piece and i thought it was pretty cool well thank you no, no you're never gonna, cool. she talked she compared my poem to an anglerfish i'm never speaking to, <laughs> to nyla again <laughs> But actually, I think it's like, you know, they say, you know, uh, wolves will mate for life, you know, and, and so do the anglerfish. And when I love, I, that's like one of my favorite things in the world is an anglerfish. You know, if I, if I ever find a guy that I'm keeping forever, I'm just going to walk up and bite him on the shoulder and that's it. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's a very it. endearing comparison. The, the connection that you're talking about in that poem was, uh, you know, just just struck me as that beautiful, deep, you know. Yeah. Okay. I'm done. I'm not burying myself okay. any deeper. <laughs> well, um, if you want to check out some more of my snippets, you can find me on Instagram as cepoetry.la, and you can read some of my stuff if you want to follow. You know, of course, there's going to be more things happening. Uh, I will be in Los Angeles on May 1st at uh, the Barbara Morris Performing Art Theater, uh, Swams on Friday, that Friday, and the Griot Cafe on Saturday and Tuesday at the Hot and Cool Cafe in Los Angeles. So that's where I'll be starting May 1st. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, great job tonight. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye, hon. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 910. Then we'll have 832, then 219. So 910, are you with me? I am. <laughs> hey, sweetheart, how are you? I'm good. It is good. I'm going to be hear sick tomorrow. You. You're going to be what? Sick tomorrow. I'm going to be sick You're tomorrow. Be... I know. Why? I know that's how it goes. I get frenzied. I get dope sick, and I don't know why because I don't do dope. I get homesick. I don't know why because I don't have a home. Never have. I get sick when I'm alone. I don't know why, because I've never been alone. I'm going to be sick come tomorrow. And it won't be love sick. I don't think I've ever been in love. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I've always been alone. It's called sick, and my name is Ben Still. And I am sick as fuck. I am going to poke you. You do that to me all the time. You'll sit there and you're, you call in and you just start talking. And I think you're still talking normal and we're talking about stuff and you're actually reading the poem. And I'm sitting there having a conversation through the first, first half of your poem. I think you do that to me on purpose. <laughs> I, I actually do. 
Nobody else does it, so I might as well. It's like, oh, wait, Nyla, shut the hell up. He's reading. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. Uh, So you going to do two, Glenn? Say what now? Are you going to read two tonight? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, But first, why are you sick? Oh, no, it's just a poem. Oh, damn it. It's just totally a poem. I know that. I was just teasing you. I got you. Yeah, I bet you were. (laughs) I've been writing the treatment of the way you treat me, the first process of turning my life into a movie. Fall down, trip, stumble forward, bounce back, behind a pair of dark sunglasses, hold a guitar in my hand, perform like a circus elephant. Looking for a connect in L.A., need funding for this story. Once it's on the pages, need an actor that won't act. Got the perfect character in mind. He's got a dog that sleeps in his guitar case as he busks on the streets of Asheville. He's got that smile that attracts women. He's dirty. A life written in mystery. He's mad, but his dog is happy. On my way to the W.C., which means West Coast for you people that don't know, going to be a famous dick. Won't laugh out loud, won't hang around at Sundance, at Sundance once the heartbreak premieres. This is not the story of success. It's the exact opposite. When you leave the theater, after wiping the tears from your eyes, after the tissues are piled under, the, under your seat, remember, this is a movie moving in real time. And the busker is not going to walk any red carpet. Won't show up for an Oscar nomination. He really doesn't give a fuck. In fact, you'll find him behind a quick stop, pounding a 211, or tipping a bottle of vodka back. On my way out to the WC, for the people who don't know what that means, that's the West Coast. Taking notes about how sick it can be to be a busker. It's called Buster. My name is Glenn Still. That's an awesome word. Not a lot of people know I mean, it's just not a real well-used word anymore, and I think there's a lot of people who may not even know. Never really has been a well, well-versed word. In fact, the only people that really know what it are, what it is, are buskers. You know. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Hmm. Am I a busker? I don't know. You ever been on the street playing guitar for money? No. Just playing guitar. Then you ain't no busker. Then you ain't a busker. <laughs> no, I, 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 but I do know what it is. I think poetic people know what that is. Anyone who, who's into history, medieval days. There's a, there's a bunch of busker. I mean, uh, uh, Portland is, uh, is a stratosphere for buskers. You know. Oh, Portland used to be, but yeah, but. Portland is that kid that gave itself its own nickname and thinks it's cool, you know, and you you read all this stuff online about how cool Portland is and, ooh, naked bike rides and we're all this weird stuff because Portland's weird and we're keeping Portland weird. Portland is is not at all what it tries to make itself. You know, every time I see that stuff, every time I read about Portland, it's like, you know, you're you're great at marketing. That's all I can say is because Portland is not anything like what it makes itself seem to be. Yeah, I think that's I have, I have I think issues. That's true. Yeah, I think it's that's true. true for a lot of people. Like Seattle right now, you know, Seattle is 
I watched this uh, thing on YouTube about Seattle is dead. And basically it's dead because uh, the city council can't do anything to, well, it's just, it's just drug infested, you know? I mean, you know, Seattle has its own claim to fame, which is true. Seattle is, is a really awesome underground music mecca. You know, if you want indie bands, if you, you know, into that kind of a scene, you know, Seattle is cool in its own right because of that. You know, Portland doesn't have anything. It just gave itself a nickname and decided it was going to make everyone think it was cool. It's that weird kid, you know, that walks around in class and talks too loud and tries to act like it's cool, but it's really not. That's what Portland Yeah, the one that's got the 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 the, 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 millen- the millennial with his tight pants and his kickers and, and his long hair or semi-long hair. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, we all grow through our phases. I mean, I I don't diss on anything, anybody or any anything growing up because remember when I was a kid, I was wearing, I was wearing Levi elephant belts down to my waist uh, and, and with boxers, okay, pulled up to my freaking belly button, okay, <laughs> you know, and flipping the world off, right? And mm. uh, so, you know, I mean, you know, I don't give a, fuck what you wear or how you all I care about is number one do you love yourself as much as you love the, the next person in life you know and if you can do that then I'm alright with you and if you can't and do I'm that a, then you I know, gotta you, you can be absolutely anything that you want but be real you know if you're going to yeah. be something be real what I have an issue with is the things that you know the facades the facades people you know the city you know, we're put, comparing liar. portland but that that whole facade portland is a, is nothing but a facade you know if you're going to be crazy be weird then be crazy be weird be genuine be truly yourself you know i, I, know. I, I, I 100% portland, agree I've, with that i've been on the streets of portland and i and i and i've met some real people there i'm not saying they're all real oh yeah you know yeah but uh you know i've met some uh some really, really good people in Portland before, you know. So I don't have any, I don't got any hurt or any any kind of diss on Portland. People are or, cool. Yeah, yeah. If you if you give people the ability to be cool, then they most likely will be, you know. But there's always going to be that one person that's going to just be the one you want to fucking kill. You know what I mean? And. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, listen. All right, let Glenn. me let you go so you can move on. All right. Tell people how to find you, baby. Google me, man. That's Glenn all I got Steele. to say is Google me. Yeah. Google, Google me. All right, hun. Great job right. tonight. All right, love you. Love you too. Bye, sweetie. Bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code eight three two eight three two. You're on the air. Hey, Minana. Hey, Mr. Soldier Blue Blue. How are you? How do you do? Yeah, I'm all right. I had to do a lot of things I didn't want to do on my day off, but that's how it goes sometimes. Well, nobody I'm likes to do stuff they don't want to do. Uh, I don't like doing things that I have to do for work, especially when I'm not getting paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> It just kind of goes against the grain, you know? I don't know. Uh, I just um, got a piece called Bands of Morning. 
go with that one today. Bands of mourning. We shall steal the apples of the night. Oh, the nocturnal direction we see behind. Blandishments and counterfeits of thought. Ragged entries of journal worth more than the journey. Magic myth. Mon Scars of education. Speaking with louder experience and printed praise. Vehicles of elocution. Preps and ready for silent running. Deep between breath. Galaxies on the guest by the wake of their slow passage on the celestial breeze. Shmoge Arga Gid Wabacha Trapa Trapa Dog Star in Life Grandfather Bear Deer's Head and Pleiade Parallel Gathering Songs Song of stars sung together, destined by story of till death do us part. Sown, pearled, sticking of Orion's belt, origins unaltered. The calling of three days, staff, tears of longing, my genie of free will. Journey descriptive. To be fulfilled, shadow images, get back in. Atlas of the night, falls, the only possible guide. Black sticks of rhyme, quilt of hoarfrost laid by flags of lagging breath. Bone weariness from the efforts of struggle, the throwing off of religious opiates. Mental chains, length of burdens we were made to believe were ours. As from the earth itself comes piercing thought. You can either think or you can believe. But you cannot do both at the same time. Hope, slop, slop, hope, the issuance. Of waiting to be served, a box of said evil and hope was within. The conclusion reached there, it was to afford healing, coping with said wrath of evil. Nay. Take it upon yourself, learn responsibility. It was the said box of evil and hope was also within. Hope, sloth, sloth of hope. Don't let it slop, slosh over on you. Stain your life, love, spirit, and being. Atlas of the night. Guide past dims the wealth of historic stars. Stories, myths, legend lines as bloodstained as anything else man made. So seek the celestial breeze. Spin sails of light and mixed laughter. Shared hearts, loneliness, bass, hailstones may scar your skin. Turbulence may mar your eternal sight. 
Ah, but the story. The story is to be told. The coherent reality you will bring home teased loose with threads from the frozen dark will be worth their weight in pearls, precious gems, and whatever else you may hold dear. As such, as I, we will trouble you no more with our purloined onyx tablature of the night-wise atlas. Its songs displayed upon a field of cobalt gesso, we shall be on our way. Braid-strung maps of countless journeys to be made without ever leaving the shores of our azure lakes behind. We shall find our way. Gake, the carrion crow before us, jet fire and found flame, boy, strikes the match. We are bound for constellation Bompe, dreams unknown. We have opened the vaults of our paper-milled hearts Taking the time to measure the tide by blood, ripple, and pulse, then we are certain of what we seek. Wamonse, seeds of creative dreams without the tyranny of ignorance for an obstacle. We are the ones, the burnt excess of bones you will never discover. Raven, old man, crow. Our path is clear. Gake, Tonga, We are going home. We are the ghost road born. DNA matches to a first earth you cannot make no match. The asphalt smothers all roots. Run deep. Archways glitter in fresco relief. Light falls upon burnt ground. Da suda. With wheel of this night atlas. Flashy. We shall walk back to where we were born. No gejunge. Ubek. You know, one of the things that surprises me, you have you have like signature um, you have like signature phrases that you use. You know, like the ghost road. You know, if anyone, if anyone says the ghost road, that would be uh, you know, name that poet, that would be one of the hints in the name that poet for you. But what surprises me is Outside of your signature phrases that you use, you know, and that are that are intentionally repetitive, you almost never it reuse things. You know, it just surprises me how you're able to write consistently these amazingly beautiful and descriptive concrete images to create your stories. You know, you you don't rewrite the same poem a hundred times. You have a great ability to to create new 
visuals in your writing that really impresses me. I don't know if I've ever told you that. Yes, I, I don't know either, <laughs> but I very much appreciate it. That's awesome. I do my best, you know. Right what I see, and then I just uh, you know go with the what I consider the natural landscape of where the the words take me. Well, well done, my dear. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how sure. they can come find you. Alrighty. Um, you can find me on Facebook. It's Rafe Wild. And then in the parentheses underneath it says Soldier Blue. and That would be me. I'm fixing to add some more things onto my podcast on the, the Anchor app. And uh, I want because I want to make, I want to put the, uh, that one piece on there, um, Day of the Dead, uh, talking about the, the wall in the Rio Grande. I want to make sure that gets on there because I just really like the way that that one came out in terms of writing it. So I want to see it in there. That would be awesome. Sorry, I just had a tech, a tech, tech text. Wow. Yes, I pro- speak professionally. A tech text about the line. So if you guys are trying to get in, hang on just one second. One second. Uh, not one sapien, soldier blue. Um, if you guys are trying to get in, sorry, I totally got distracted. If you guys are trying to get in and you're getting that fast, busy signal, just keep trying it. We'll let you in eventually. Um, we're getting some issues with our lines, it looks like, but right now I still got a board I can see, so I think we're good. But, yeah, if you're getting a fast, busy, keep trying to call in. Soldier blue, that was amazing. Thank you, ma'am. Yes, I know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just my well, mouth doesn't always time, listen you know. to my brain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, baby. Appreciate you so much. Give your Facebook page one more time. All right. It's uh, Rafe Wild, and then in parentheses it says Soldier Blue, and that's on Facebook, and that's me. Very cool. All right, sweetheart. We'll talk to you next week, honey. Yes, indeed. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Our next caller comes from area code 219. 219, you're on the air. Excuse me. Now, this is Brother Old on the line from Indiana. How you doing? I am doing absolutely wonderful. How are you doing, dear? I'm doing pretty good. What's been going on with you? What have you been doing for National Poetry Month? Uh, basically, uh, I did a couple new poems. Yeah, I was in a hospital a couple of weeks ago. I, you know, and I've been actually this week. This is my first week back on the radio in several weeks. You haven't been. Out. I was just thinking about that too today. So I hope everything's going okay with you. Everything, everything, yeah, everything is going going well now. Awesome, good. I'm very glad to hear that. So I've been, since I've been also I've been working on several poems, and this is one of them. 
Actually, the first one I uh, I, I uh, completed since I was since I've been home in the hospital. This is uh, brother. Oh, always a winner and champion. It's not how many times the kind of obstacles, challenges, and adversity in your life. It's how many times you emerge as a winning champion. I dear brothers and sisters who are listening live from CEV Cafe. See, great men and women always encounter greater degrees of adversity and face more challenges. And I'll say it was being the majority of people would face and expand their lifetime. Now, brother, what do champions do when they encounter adversity? Champions are known experts in weathering storms. Champions always give 100% effort regardless of whether they win or lose. Champions have no reason to make excuses. Champions always take their best, the best shots from their challenges. Champions are well prepared to face numerous situations. Now, brother, what do winners do when they face obstacles and challenges? Winners never quit. Winners never take victories to their head or losses to their heart. Winners always grow from their failures and build on their success in life. Winners always find a path to victory when it looks like the fight or the game is out of their reach. The winners possess an extraordinary amount of determination and motivation. I dear brothers and sisters. No matter how many times I've been hospitalized, I'm always going to emerge as a winner and a champion. No matter how many losses I've endured, how many times I've failed, I'm always going to emerge as a winner and a champion. No matter how many times I've dealt with adversity throughout my life, Lawrence is going to emerge as a winner in the camp. No matter how many times I've had obstacles placed in front of me, I'm always going to emerge as a winner in the camp. No matter how many challenges I've faced in my 44 years on this earth, I'm always going to emerge as a winner. And the champion, and Paul. You know, uh, your confidence, the confidence that you inspire, the confidence that you teach or an example of is pretty amazing. You know, I, I don't think there's very many things in the world that are going to knock you down, ever. Mm-hmm. And that, that positive self-image is really important, I think. I appreciate it, Nala. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure, sweetheart. So do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come over, visit with you, get to know you and your work better. Uh, to those of you um, who are not connected with me on Facebook, 
You can find me under the name Omar Brother O'Gavin. As always, I appreciate, thank all of you for your support every week. You kind you kind of cut out there at the end. Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. Uh, to those of you who are not familiar with me on Facebook, I can be found under the name of my brother Gavin. And as always, thank you for your support every single week. Oh, there you go. All right, thank you so much, sweetheart. Appreciate you. Appreciate the kind words and appreciate you being part of our family. Thank you, brother O. Welcome, Alice. Take care. You too, hon. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code. I'm going to go ahead and give the next three callers. We have 832-216 and 256. All right. So 832, are you there with me? Yes, I am. Hey, sweetheart. How you doing? Good evening. Good evening. I am Thank you, you know, for asking. doing that, I'm going to have to put like a hearing warning, a, a, a decibel warning on on this show. <laughs> Lord help well, the person you know listening what? right now with a hearing aid. <laughs> well, for oh, the I most part, <laughs> for the most part, you have pretty much regular people, so I, I think. Ninety-nine percent of the people uh, are pretty, pretty aware of what's what's coming. <laughs> what's coming next? <laughs> it, yeah, but it, it it it's the poor newbie that, that that's going to be in trouble. <laughs> what in the hell just happened? I don't know. Poke it with a stick. I'm not poking it with a stick. You poke it with a stick. <laughs> so are we doing one or two? You could do two as long as they're not long. Okay. Um, all right. I'm not sure if this would be considered long. Well, it's kind of long. All right. Tell me at the end of this if I could do another one or or, or that I've reached my maximum time limit. Uh, so it's called Mr. Grizzly Bear and Mr. Moon. And the reason why I decided to read it tonight is because it's pet day. Uh, I almost didn't read it because uh, Soldier Blue was talking about bears, but I decided to be bold and go ahead with it anyway. So here it is, Mr. Grizzly Bear and Mr. Moon, an encounter of a natural kind. I was camping by myself in the forest enjoying nature and the solitude. I had a small campfire burning, delighting in the warmth and staring up into the heavens, when suddenly I heard rustling from the bushes a few feet away. I called out, who's there? It was then that I heard a growling, deep, husky voice. He said, It is I, the grizzly bear of the forest. I chuckled. Bears don't talk. He stepped out. He stepped out of the. I'm sorry, I just lost my place. Uh, 
Okay. Uh, he stepped out of the bushes and shadows. There by the firelight stood a giant grizzly bear. Perplexed and frightened, I asked, What is it that you want with me, and why is it you are able to talk? He asked if he could sit by the campfire, too. I said, Yes, of course. This was going to be an amazing conversation. As he sat down, I offered him some coffee. He said it was his favorite beverage. He rarely gets a drink anymore. He was happy to have a cup. He explained that we humans could always talk to the animals, but we had gotten so caught up in worldly things and each other, we forgot how to talk with and listen to them. So, of course, I asked what made me so different than the other humans. He said it was my heart. I had such a love for all animals and God's creatures. My powers of communication was greatly increased, which is why I could talk and hear him. While sipping his coffee, he began gazing at the moon. He told me he had many conversations with old Mr. Moon. He said they were very concerned about us humans, that we had lost our way. Blood running rivers in our streets from the unjust murders. People with pigmentation were being slaughtered at an amazing, alarming rate. Mr. Moon and Mr. Grizzly Bear were very disturbed and felt great anguish because of these events. He went on to say how they had very long talks about the many human children being victims of lustful, murderous men. They were absolutely horrified how barbaric we had become. It wasn't so much the hunters killing animals for fun that brought them the greatest tears, but our loss of humanity towards each other. He finished his first cup of coffee and asked for another. He truly had great manners and treated me with great love and compassion. I could hardly believe my situation, sitting in the middle of the wilderness, having a chat with a grizzly bear drinking coffee. I told him these brought me great sorrow as well. I'd written many poems on the subject. Well, he started smiling greatly. It turns out he loves poetry. So I read him a few of my poems. He said they were enchanting, as was I. I blushed bright red. I was growing very fond of Mr. Grizzly Bear. He said bears had a bad reputation and prejudice against them. They weren't the mean, cruel animals humans said that they were. They were only protecting their home and children. He went on to tell me more about his conversations with Mr. Moon and himself, Mr. Grizzly Bear. He said that they were also very upset about us moving away from compassion, love, and empathy, and intelligence. He said we had been blinded by the cruel and hateful humans. We must take off our blinders before it was too late. We are pouring toxic pollution into our water, air, and soil, 
even into the foods we consume. It is because of great greed and heartlessness towards nature. I'm sure I saw a tear fall from Mr. Grizzly Bear's eyes as he spoke all of this to me. I poured him a third cup and went and sat by him, snuggling against his fur. He was so loving and kind, just the kind of friend I'd always wanted. He told me all of this was a great secret, but under only one provision could I repeat all of the wisdom he had shared with me that night. Since he loved poetry so much, he said if I were to put it all in a poem, I would be allowed to warn the humans of their evil ways before it was too late. The planet would die from the human self-centered evil intentions if changes were not made immediately. He drank up his last cup of coffee, gave me a big bear hug, and told me not to worry. He would always watch over me to protect and guide me. I would never be lonely again. He said, just look up and tell Mr. Moon I needed him, and he would be by my side. Dawn was breaking, and the sun was cascading beautiful hues across the sky as he climbed away to his cave. I must have fallen asleep by the campfire because when I awoke, the coals were cold, and I remember dreaming of a grizzly bear. As the sleep fell away from my consciousness, I felt like I had been given a great gift than a greater gift than gold. Finally, I felt I was truly loved unconditionally. Was it a dream or a warning from nature to change our ways right now before it's too late? An ode to a phenomenal conscious person. You know who you are. Musings of Amelia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, and peace. All right, so can I make a suggestion? Yeah, of course. You need to work you need to work on the end of that. And when you're asking yourself, you know, was it real or a dream, I want you to trip over a coffee cup. Oh yeah, you know that's great. I love that, Nyla. <laughs> Not that I want to tell you yeah, what but, to do, you know, but it it would it would bring it to full circle. I think it would be. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of a predictable ending, but at the same time, it's an expect. It was expected, you know, and right. and it really brings home that no, this isn't just a, a a silly dream. This is real, folks. Take it seriously. I really loved the piece. I love the piece because first of all, I go camping all the time by myself, and you know, just so just that whole, the whole setting of it was awesome for me. You know, last week I read the piece about, you know, that I wrote during the coyote calls and stuff and and um but there's a, a residency program that I've been on a couple of times where you get to there over by the Oregon coast there's this huge piece of property that was donated to the University of Oregon by the gentleman who was the founder of Wonderbread and he was a great lover of trees and had this huge giant 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 chunk of of wilderness that he used to go plant his trees and stuff on and would totally just freak out if there was a thunderstorm and really neat story but they built a cabin on it and 
you can go stay there on the, in the cabin up in the middle of the woods, out in the middle of nowhere. And I've been, I've gone a couple of times. And one of the things that I wrote while I was there was, you know, how when you're out in the middle, I mean, I mean in the middle of nothing, you know, like that, you realize how unimportant some things are. And when you were talking in that piece, you know, about the grizzly bear, you know, and, you know, what have you guys become and talking about how we treat each other and the things that we do to each other, it made me think about a line in a poem that I wrote where the line is, you know, try to explain divorce. Try to explain when you realize how trivial things really are in life is what I was trying to explain. But the line was, try explaining divorce to the hawk. Yeah. You know, stand there in the middle of the field and look up at the hawk and logically try to explain divorce to a hawk or try to explain mortgage, the concept of mortgage to a tree. You know, so when you were well, you were talking about that, it really made me think about, you know, sit there and try to explain war to a rose. Right. Or, you know, try, try to try to explain you know, sex trafficking to a caterpillar. And then we wonder who the monsters are. Right. Okay, so I'm done. Great piece. Awesome piece, honey. Thank you. It's new, so that's why it was kind of choppy. It didn't flow so smoothly as normal, but I'm glad you liked it. And a great suggestion. I love it. So you can, so I'm assuming I'm not doing a second piece. So um, you can find me on Facebook under Emilia T. Davis, E-M-I-L-I-A-T-D-A-V-I-S, or Poetical Angel Queen. Or you can find me right here every Thursday night with Nyla. Much love, darling, and I'm so glad you... (laughs) I'm so glad you got the sponsors, and I don't know if you saw my post today, but um, things worked out. That's that's Good. all I'll say on, on air. That's all I'll say on air. Love you. Good. I'm very glad. Love you too, honey. And, uh, you know, you bring up the sponsors. I want to thank everybody again. I'll go through the list of the people who have so far have helped this year, um, sponsor the show. We're, we're only $370 away from our goal. Um, for the on-air licensing for the year for the speakeasy. Uh, so it's pretty awesome. We started out needing 600, and we've only got 370 to go and had some great people helping out. Appreciate all of you. And uh, so thank you for bringing that up. And we will talk to you next week, my you, love. You are most welcome. Much love, continued success, and, again, shout-out and thankfulness to all of the sponsors Uh, We couldn't do this without you, and it's so very important. Much love. I'm going to go sit back. Next poet up. All righty. Bye-bye, sweetheart. Okay, our next caller comes from area code 216, followed by 256 and 951. So 216, you are on the air. Yes, hello, everybody. It's Mama Oladaisy. Hey, um, Mama. How are you, sweetheart? Happy National Poetry Month. Thank you. I haven't been doing much poetry, but I did go to explore a new program yesterday. It was a seductive, erotic, uh, after dark type of thing. And I did my piece called um, 
Black Lace. So I'm just going to play it for you all since that you wouldn't be able to play it. But um, I'll just play it for you all if you hear it because we really got rave reviews and I was just about to give up on it. <laughs> so I guess sometimes you just have to know your audience. I'm going to play it and I hope you all okay. enjoy it. And I put it in the chat room where if anybody wants to hear it later, they can. Um, so it's um, called Black Lace. It's about my first time. And I wanted to do a poem. And the background music will be Elton John, the instrumental version, Sacrifice. And the name of my poem is called Black Lace. Forgetting that Mama said, 
always leave something to the imagination fully exposed. I hope I did not mess up. There was nothing left to be imagined now except how it would feel with him inside of me. Smooth, silky, soft, and vulnerable. I stood there naked, raw, in the bus, about to give him my thing, my stuff. I felt chilly, giggly and silly, and his eyes, oh, his eyes, they consumed me. It was then that he moved in with those kisses, oh, those kisses, each one warmed me, his lips danced all over my body, this was the thrill of letting him catch me. Grandma said, let him catch you. Never let him think you caught him. His shoulders were wide and strong. He leaned in to handle me. Though he was gentle, his grip was stern. His eager arms rose of strength. His body excited me. Once he put his key in my keyhole, it opened me up to another world, a world I never knew was inside of me. I finally gave him that thing, and then he went on to please me, and oh, how he did please me. It was unspeakable. Use your imagination. Use your imagination and think. I stood there naked for the very first time. It was unspeakable. A poet. Enchanted, stands naked and in love with her, doing all it takes to make her happy. I succumb, surrender, and I whisper a poem in his ear. You have deflowered me, my king. You have unlocked my jewels. I will always be yours. No one else will ever unlace my black lace. That's that piece. You know, that is probably like the most beautiful Harlequin version of losing your virginity that I have ever heard. Mine was nothing like that. I'll just tell you. But, yeah, that was absolutely beautiful, Mama. 
Well, very welcome. <clears throat> yeah, you and my voice has changed since I did that. <laughs> I had I think I did it like about seven or eight years ago. But I sent you a copy into your um thing and I tried to send you another copy in the uh, email again. I tried to send you one last night, so hope you get it this time. Um, I've gotten it before. It just won't let me download it. It's not that I've not received it. It's that the format does not down. So I'll have to check and see what format you sent it in this time. I just uh, the same way. Like you probably just have to put the phone next to it and play it regularly. I don't know. That's how I do it. I don't know about downloading all that. But like you got it. It's like the file format doesn't open on my computer. No, but you can just play it and put the phone next to it. That's that's how I do it. So it opens up and it still sounds good because it's loud enough so you can still hear it. So you can you can figure it out. I don't know how to figure it out. I've been trying to get it to you for seven years. Anyway, I've been doing the show. At first, I thought it was a free ride, and because uh, I heard it seemed like I heard some of the most unusual ports that don't come on as often, but it just. I don't know. It's just kind of, at first, I didn't even know if I was listening again. Star said, yes. Hi, Star. Thank you, Star. It's been a long time since I've seen her, too. So, I know. Uh, I love her so much. Yeah. So I'm thankful for that and thankful for your self-determination and being here every week. But I'm saying Mama's getting old now, so you got your copy. You got your copy in the uh, mail, too, so we can try to be there with, you know, Whatever you can do with it, I don't know. Okay, baby girl, I'm going to talk to you later. I'm not doing that. <laughs> All right, Mama, I love you, honey. Thank you. All right, so our next three callers come area from area code 5. Blah. No, it doesn't. I lied to you. It comes from area code 256, 951, and 919. Those are our next Three callers. I do want to let area code two one know that you are not in the lineup. If you want to come on the air two one zero or two zero one, you do know I'm numerically dyslexic, right? Two zero one. If you'd like to come on the air, press one. Otherwise, if you're hanging out, just listening. Appreciate you. Thank you. And let's go ahead and grab area code two five six. Two five six. Are you with me? I sure am. Good evening, Nyla. This is Stan. Hello, Mr. Stan. How are you, sweetheart? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I am doing phenomenal. That'll work. Phenomenal. I'm doing, I'm going to, let me see, I'll be British today. I am doing brilliant. Just brilliant. Oh, Everything's brilliant that, in your There you in go. Your, there you you know. go. I like that. I do. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Everything. Yes. Seriously, if you, if you watch any videos from the UK, if you watch, I mean, I'm, I am like addicted to British TV. Uh, movies, British, you know, historical dramas and things like that. And I'll put one on in my, I'll go on, jump on YouTube, not YouTube, uh, Netflix and stuff while I'm out working in my studio and doing my art. Um, and I'll watch my British television and everything. I'm just, I'm learning to speak British because of this, you know. So right now everything yeah. is brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. All right. I like it. It is brilliant hearing from you, Stan. Oh, well, thank you. I do appreciate that. <laughs> What's going on with you? What would you bring us tonight? Oh, well, actually, I brought you homework. 
And when I brought you, my, seriously, my heart just stopped. I thought you said you brought you. I, I, you, I heard what you said. You brought me homework. But I thought you meant you brought me homework to do. And it's like I'm not doing homework. What? Oh, he brought his homework. Whew. Okay, we're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm scared. Uh, this was actually off that idea you had, like dropping eggs. Uh huh. Yeah. I went with it in a, I don't know. <laughs> I went with it in a different kind of direction, I think. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I can't really explain why it hit me this way, except that, you know, I've been listening to some of my other poetry friends and they've been having, you know, family issues, losses and things like that. And I think that when this, like dropping eggs hit me, it, it was with that still in my mind. So I'm just going to read this thing. Overwhelming the emotional transition of loss. Heart and mind can scatter, numbing the moment. Like dropping eggs in a frying pan. Fluid thought halted as the heart heat of the moment instantly congeals your feelings. To a blank white like a malformed eyes, staring out at reality through opaque yokes, not grasping what has transpired while underneath, sizzling with emotion. In peace. Wow. See, that to me is absolutely why I get off on so much on giving you guys homework, on giving you writing prompts. You know, excited to see what gets brought back because, no, that is not, I mean, that had to hit you just the right way for it to inspire that type of a thought and for you to be able to create that poem. And I know that that poem would not exist. It would never have been written. You know, it wouldn't It wouldn't be here had we not shared some inspiration. And I said, hey, think about this, and then you thought about it, and that popped up, and you wrote that poem, and it is absolutely incredible, unique, amazing, A plus, A plus on your homework. You get to stay after and have the fun of clapping the erasers together, um, but just fantastic, absolutely fantastic piece, and like I said, perfect example of why sharing inspiration is so important. It's cool knowing that that wouldn't exist had we not been playing with words together. This is true. This is true. It wouldn't be here. And what and do you think of that piece? Do you like it? I do. You know, at first I looked at it and I said, wow, that's that's kind of kind of dark. But then I thought about it and I thought, you know, I have said this, and I do mean it. As poets, we would love to write about nothing but sunshine and puppies. We'd love that. We'd love that be the world. But the world is sunshine but and that's shit not the burgers. human element. Exactly. The world is sunshine and shit burgers. And it's up mm. to us to write about all of it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Most of the stuff that I write about is is darker things. Is, is you know, I I very seldom I don't think you'll ever really find the word a rose or fuzzy duck in any of my poems. Now I'm gonna to have to write a poem that says rose and fuzzy duck in it, but you know, to me, the edgy stuff, those, those things that are harder to write about are the things that are the most awesome, fun to write about. You know, I I think that was a great piece. 
Well, thank you. And the other piece, the other piece I'm doing is also was homework. It was the word garden gate. It was by the garden. Yep, here we go. It was by the garden gate. My mind returns to find the place of innocence and the green, my peace of mind. Mortality can be cruel, robber of love and elation. A joyous life passing away, blossoms dying, winter season. Now the garden and asphalt field, black the only color it blooms. Traffic of frantic humanity speeds by in metallic plastic tombs. My one hope in my passing, a return to the garden and kin. The great trees sentry again at gate. Blossoms of laughter, blooms, and grins in peace. Another awesome dark piece. I know. <laughs> I got See, you're, speaking, you're speaking my language when you write dark poetry. I, you know, to me, I, I like, I, I love dark poetry. It's my favorite types. So, uh, I uh, again enjoyed that very, very much. <laughs> I like fuzzy ducks too. Don't get me wrong, guys. You know, but you know, I'm just kind of a, a dark girl. I'm weird. Yeah. It's, you know, it's whatever is is uh, in the mind and sparks that inspiration. Mm-hmm. It is. I like I like people writing about edgy things, I think. I think. The reason I like dark poetry so much is because usually it's a little bit edgier. And I like people writing about edgy things because those are not comfortable things. So for me, it's fun to see how people handle writing things that are un- more uncomfortable. Well, that is one exercise I've been getting a lot of since I started co-hosting The Hurt Locker because we mm-hmm. deal with the darker things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, you do. You know, that might be what this is. I'm just kind of, you know, <laughs> still in that zone right now. You know, I think that... You know, you, you talk about you know it's not it's not fuzzy fuzzy ducks and daffodils type of, you know it's, but I think that it's important to be able to write about things that aren't fuzzy ducks and daffodils, because if people hear that, you know it's like you know everybody's writing happy things and I'm miserable, and you know something's wrong with me and and blah 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 and. You know, it's easy to feel alienated when you're in a dark place. But if you hear somebody, you know, if when you read something like that or you have someone share, it makes it relatable to you. It lets you know that you're human. It lets you know it's okay to not be okay once in a while. It's okay to be in a place that's, you know, not your normal, not your comfortable, you know, and you're still human. You're still all right. Everybody goes through it. Everybody has a place like that. You know, so I think it is important to uh, to be able to push yourself and write from that place as well. And and very good job, by the way. Thank you very much. I do appreciate You're welcome. it. Welcome. <sighs> About time to go on to the next. <laughs> do you want to uh, do you want to hang out for the last hour of the show? Yeah, I think I will. Okay. Yes, let's do that. All right, let's go ahead and, whoop, wait a minute, I muted you. 
Are you back? <laughs> yes, I'm yeah, back. Hang out with me, mute. <laughs> Psych tease. All right, let's go ahead and grab our next caller then, Stan. It comes from area code. They come from area code 951. 951, you're on the air. Hey, Nyla. Hey, sweetheart. Hello? How are you? There you are. I'm doing well. Thank you. Actually, I've been really sick the last five days or so, but I am on the tail end of it and well enough to go to work, spend time with my daughter, and, of course, read some poetry. Well, I'm glad. Go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody. Oh, I'm a random guy who just starts talking when he when the phone gets picked up. Um, <laughs> this is... <laughs> This is Eric Devine. Uh, I also go by True when I do poetry live. Sometimes I do spoken word. But Eric Devine. Good to most, hear from um, you, sweetheart. I had to have you introduce yourself because you got that, you know, like you said, you that that voice thing. You got that that husky thing going on right now. And just in case someone didn't recognize your voice, I figured ah, I better make sure he does it. Oh, doesn't sound like me, huh? Say it does, but it sounds like you know a husky Clint Eastwood. You. Oh my God. <laughs> we're, I mean, we're practically the same guy if you think about it. <laughs> hey, I think I I had a crush on Clint Eastwood, so it's cool. Me too. No, that's not entirely true, but yeah, I used to enjoy his movies. I will say. I uh, yeah. And gradually. Me too. That's pretty good. He was a bad. He was the first badass guy. Okay. You know, I we used to watch Turner classic movies all the time, and and Clint Eastwood, he was just he he didn't take no shit off anybody. You know, his old westerns and stuff. Yeah. Now, did he? Was he a badass before John Wayne? He was way more badass than John Wayne. John Wayne was well, like yeah. Superman in Spurs. Okay, John Wayne was never a oh, badass. A nice John guy. Wayne was a man's man. He was Superman in Spurs, and yeah. you know he was like the modern day paladin on, on with a cowboy hat. Clint Eastwood no. was like he was just he you didn't know. He was like pure chaotic neutral. <laughs> <laughs> and he might he okay, might be nice or he might just shoot you in the face for the shit of it. <laughs> I know a few guys like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that kind of tells you about my life and why I'm still single. I always pick pick the chaotic neutral, you know, <laughs> badass troublemaker guys that yeah. <laughs> All right. We do what we have to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I should have been picking John Wayne and instead I was I was picking Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah, I think we all missed that boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is totally going south fast. I bet you have a poem to share, my love. <laughs> I love the transition there. Uh that's Stan, right? Yes it is. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. It's good to hear you too, with your cleanest wood self. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I am gonna um, hop into a poem. Um, this is an idea. I don't know why. I'm gonna have to take a quick swig of water. 
I, I don't remember what the um, impetus of this poem was, but I know I was thinking about <clears throat> the fact that I only recently started writing poetry within you know the last three years or so, and um, or seriously writing poetry. But there are a lot of situations and people I've dated or people um, I've, I've encountered about whom I would have written poems had I been writing at that time. So I thought about writing those poems and, and making one poem that had different parts for the different people. So this is that poem, and it's got a, a number of really short parts to it. And I'm not sure how many more parts I need to write, but they are forthcoming. For the women I knew before becoming the poet I am. Under almighty I am, we sudden and sticky kissed all honeysuckle tar, made a morgue of the surrounding midnight. Whether it was the hour rolling into a full seven days before I grew brave enough to retract a bouncing red word, deft and dangled from just outside the average length of all the bones in a body laid end to end. For the tickle, worming its way over and through pulsing gray matterfall, was I the last boy you ever loved before you knew the delicate of another woman? Two. Another woman gathered into soft pursed press under the crisp of our own holy black and sparkling expanse, the warm of you no longer a familiar place, which your husband never knew. Three, I never knew how that night came to be, how my legs carried me to us, how the ceiling and sheets traded candle flicker for tin-piped music, how you spread warm, quick, disrobed before quick shower, closed the door too quick to know whether it secured you quick within. And I, new to this slippery dance, thought this somehow an invitation, pushed ever so slight into the sterile light beyond. Four, to honor a light beyond its gentle dimming is to name a bird in tailspun descent trailing towards unhinged, eager, gaping jaws below. Five, below angled jaw and stern chin we found for us a cashmere courting nestled in the tender of you, careful kept beneath a rotting rind we peeled away without ever thinking of how to avoid crafting it back together over the course of our time, grown again, whole and unyielding. Six, a yielding unmade, a promise, a lie, a twinned breaking, a subtle collision, a lie, a lie. A lust, a leavening, a friend, just, a friend, boy, a stolen heart, a lovely debt, a cost, 
a lie, a loan repaid. Seven, I still lie alone, wonder what we made if no child, what in labor does rumor bear? Can a ghost conceived in sin be gifted flesh in memoriam? What then is to be made of us, of children and laughing lovers? When we no longer speak, can we say we were ever lovers at all? Eight, divine at all. And that's why I've ended so far. I've got some more to write. That was flipping incredible. I I want to read that. I want to sit down and read that. And you know what's really funny? It's like it was a very inspiring piece for me. First of all, I'm really, I can't even tell you, I could not begin in a moment to tell you how impressed I am with the piece. You know, the way it was written, the language that you used, the descriptions you came up with, you know, the whole thing. But for me, it was, you know, the whole concept of it, the whole premise of it and I'm thinking you know what if I wrote a poem like that but wrote it to all the boys I ever loved before I realized I had a voice the things I would have said to you when you hit me the things I would have said to you when you shot me the things I would have said to you when you did this or you did that you know but I was taught you know women are taught not to have a voice we are soft-spoken we we you know, let ourselves become victimized. There's things that we do in our youth that as we get older, we realize we don't have to do. We are not Disney princesses, you know. And so it would be, you know, just while you're reading that, and it was so freaking powerful, it's like, you know, could I write this piece and be as powerful and be as honest and be as strong? And I I just thought it was flipping amazing. Stan? Oh, I mean, it, it's, the whole thing was one continuous, outstanding collection of imagery. I mean, just amazing. And all of it, you could tell wow. the real feeling behind it. Phew. That Thank is, you. Uh, that, is quite a, that is quite an anthology of life experience. That really is. I appreciate that. I I um I have a local uh, a workshop that I like to go to on Wednesday evenings in Riverside, California, mm-hmm. and I wasn't able to take it. I wanted to take this piece, and since then I've been tinkering with it. I mean, I was tinkering up until right before you put me on the um, on the line. But since I missed my workshop. I was reaching out to poets I knew to get some feedback. Um, I think I even sent you a message. Um, but, yeah, nobody was able to uh, respond. So, you know what? I can't wait for a night of show. Oh, this is... <laughs> well, I'm excited. Absorbed. I'm really excited that you read it tonight and shared it. And, you know, when you are able to take it to your group and share it live... Um, and you're able to sit there and, you know, it, it's one thing that reading on the show has a great anonymity to it because you 
don't have to be afraid of standing up in front of an audience for anyone who is, um, you know, doesn't like speaking in public. But the thing about speaking right. in public is if you can get over your nerves and do it, there is something incredible about getting instantaneous, you know, saying that line that you know is powerful and hearing the, and the audience hearing the, you know, seeing the expressions change. Uh, right. All of that. There's something magical to getting that human element um, response to what you're writing instantaneously. So right. I think that you're going to realize even more than than what I have said or anything. When you get that, when you read that piece live, you're going to realize how important and good this piece really is. Well, I appreciate. That. I. Um... Um... Being that I started in performance poetry, um, and I'm I'm just within the last few months really trying to branch into how I present poetry on page, I'm excited about this one because, like I said, that's the first time I've read that or performed that piece, um, mm-hmm. and I appreciate your re- response. Um, but I'm also excited for it to be read by people who really appreciate what can be done with form, you know, how it appears on page. Mm-hmm. Um, so and there's definitely a difference. You know, there's, there's are, there are pieces that read well on a page that are, aren't really a spoken piece. And there's pieces that are, you know, spoken word, but if you were to, and they're fantastic, but if you were to put them, you know, on page, people would just be sitting there picking them apart grammatically and, you know, all of that stuff because they're right. not meant to be grammatically correct. They're meant to be conversationally accurate. Um, right. You know, but when you find one that's both. Right. Exactly. Yes. And I, that, that, is, that is definitely this piece. I mean, it is going to be very powerful both ways. You know, then you know you've found something pretty special. appreciate that. that. That's encouraging. That is encouraging. Thank you. I think one of the great things about that piece is in that progression from one all the way to, like you said, nine, which is where you're still going to continue this poem. There is such a diversity of observations, all of it within the same content and context, but there's that diversity. And that fact is the it really does because that starts giving you more of a visual idea you know it's just so gut honest too it's beautiful I was oh I appreciate that I was wondering did you happen to notice that um, that the the last few words in any of the particular um, sections were also used to begin the next did that come across? I noticed that on a couple of them. I didn't notice it as a consistent pattern because there were so many lines and I was trying to keep track of one and pick one out to comment on. Um, but I did notice it on a couple of them. Um, and and I knew that there was structure to the poem, which is why I asked you. I just couldn't figure out what it was, but that's why I asked you, you know, I, I want to read that. I, I need to read that on paper. Mm-hmm. Um Okay. Because I knew that there was more to what I was hearing than what I was picking up, because I have to be so 
I mean, I, I, I've got the time it takes you to read something, to have something intelligent to say to you when you're done. You know, that's real, uh, that, that, that you know I, I mean, because people know when they are having smoke yeah. on up their butt. You know, so, you know, I really have to listen hard and, and make sure. So, but, but yeah, I that's one that I would really, really love to sit down and read on paper, too. I'm good with that. Um, if you'd like to give me an email address or something, how would what would you, what would be your preferred way? You're on my my Facebook page. You can just send it to me via Facebook Messenger. Okay. Just do a copy paste type thing so I can read it. That's the easiest way. I never check okay. my email. I never answer my. I never even listen to my voicemails on my phone. You guys, I'm horrible. You know, I'm a horrible person. <laughs> they say admitting things are a first step to recovery, but seriously, <laughs> I, I hmm. don't ever call me if you're having a heart attack or something. <laughs> Leave a voicemail. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I get it for three years. I know I'm bad. But, yeah, uh, message would be awesome. I will send you that. Um, I, I will do that. Um, and, again, I'd love to hear what you think after you've read it. Oh, I would. Yeah, I'll be happy to um, do that. Um, for the people, for anyone interested, my name is Eric Devon. Um, mostly on Instagram, you can find me at True the Poetic. And I think Instagram is my preferred medium these days. So, True the Poetic on Instagram. Um, True the Poetic on uh, Facebook. But also, um, I'm working with Samuel Rain Benjamin, and we have a adventure called Innate Divinity Books. Innate Divinity Books. And we do have a, a page on Instagram that we are promoting. Do I, I even have an Insta- I don't even think I have an Instagram page. Do I? No. I think so. I don't even Twitter. I set the Twitter up for the show 12 years ago so that the show announcement right. gets automatically sent to Twitter, and I've not Twittered since I did that 12 years ago. Isn't that crazy? It's like, God, all I not need is more social media to, to keep track of. <laughs> right. I can't even answer all your emails on this social media. You really want me to be in another <laughs> one? <laughs> it oh would be God. horrible. Uh, just one more reason for you guys to think I'm a flake. She never answers her emails. Ever. 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 Um, <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Tell everyone again your Facebook page. My name is Eric Devon, E-R-I-C-D-E-V-A-U-G-H-N-N. For True the Poetic, all one word. True the Poetic, T-R-U-E. The Poetic. That's Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Great job. Cannot wait to see what you bring next week. And uh, yeah, no get that one sent to me when you can. Just, you know, do what you want, dude. We're, we're, we're easy. Yeah. Just as long as you're here, I won't have to come hunt you down. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Thanks, honey. That was outstanding. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Yeah, have a great evening. I'll I'll still listen. I want to hear what people All right, have. Sweetheart. I'll bring it to the phone. <laughs> okay. All right. Our next caller comes 
from area code 919. 919, you're on the air. Yes, good evening, Nyla. Hey, Grantville. Yes, Grantville is in the house on another Thursday night. Coming out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Bringing you some good stuff. The right stuff. Always. All right. Stan. Yes. (laughs) Yes, my brother, what's going on? Well, right now you are. Huh? You're it now. Yes, um, I am it. I am it. I am it, Stan, and I'm going to deliver. I'm going to deliver. I don't know what to deliver, though. That's my problem. How many pieces do I get? You can do two medium ones. Two medium ones, and I had nothing planned. <laughs> He's kind of a fly you, by you the seat of his pants guy. I'm going to do this one. I haven't done it in a while. It is called Her Obligations. Many men have grown old waiting for women. She has been getting dressed for how long? She pats, she pulls, she nips, She tucks, she twists, she twirls, she fixes. For the world awaits, and when she steps out onto the world stage, all must be right, for it can be that one moment that she has been waiting for when it all falls into place. All her dreams and aspirations, the world awaits and they know that she is here. As this might, this force of character, this obligation to procreation and progeny is no light matter. So she prepares and readies herself for her grand entrance and her service to men and perpetuation of her people. No small task indeed. No small task. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, I love it. If I had a nickel for every time someone bitched about me taking too long to get ready. You know <laughs> now now they're lucky if I even put my shoes on. So, you know <laughs> Uh oh. <laughs> now I'm the one that's usually by the door saying, I'm ready to go. Mom, get your shoes on. Oh, shoes. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Uh, yeah, you know, but you know, that, 
you know, is that, you know, you know, when, you know, because a woman role in life is, is different to a man, you know, a woman, if a woman is going central for life and she takes her role very, very seriously and she delights in it and she, you know, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, women are the face and the ambition of the world. Man, men are not very ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> women have all the ambition. Yeah. That's why you all are the mothers. That's why you all are the mothers because men, you know, we we we, we anything that makes us think too long, you know, bores us. And here I thought it was anyway. because we had ovaries. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's a, it's a, it's a perfect <laughs> match, though. It's a good match. It's a good match. You know, it's a, the I think the the dynamics the, the dynamics between man and woman is 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 divine. Simply divine, you know. You, you, you couldn't write a better story. I agree. Yes. So what else do you have, yes. my love? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna do this one again. Uh, she is life. Yeah, you know, we're doing woman. Let's do woman. She is life. Ah, the light approaches. Clarities, grief. Moments of life, and I fathom the woman more. Her task, her mandate, hope in the face of all this aridity and this enchantment. Life she harbors. Life she cursets. Her glances assures procreation, and ever the twain shall meet. There is great power at work here, Pebble. My sister has always been a wonder to me. Standing aloof, I can see her mind at work. What? There is something about her I am ignorant of. What secret she harbors? The roving mind, the endless wonder. There seems no fathoming this. Never the scratch that would remedy her itch. Standing at the observatory post of life, I observe the affairs of the species. Powers hidden within the flesh, scary and exhilarating, the woman, nations, lives inside her. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. I love that. That last line is just amazing. Stan? Really? Oh, yes. 
As always, you have such a great delivery, such emphasis on every word, every every syllable. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's that's you know you know you you got to choose every word carefully. Yeah, and yes. and you know I'm 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 gonna give I'm gonna give a little bit of poetry one on one. Granville, I say this. I do not look for the right word when I'm writing. I look for the perfect word when I'm writing. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. There is a difference. You know, one of my favorite things to do when I write, when I, I write a sentence and it's just, it's just, it's not... There's there's nothing that bites back. I think that if you write a line, you know, if you write poetry, you should write something that bites back, that, that you know, is not passive. And so when I read a sentence and it's just not, it doesn't have that bite in it, um, I love to take, find what I consider, I'll, I'll look at the sentence and I'll try to find my weak link. You know, what word in it is average? What word in it is, is cliche? What word in it isn't powerful enough? What is the word in it that's the anchor of the sentence that I really need to stand out? And then I'll take that word and I will go to one of my favorite go-to sites. It's called Rhyme Zone. And it's got a, uh, I mean, every kind of a uh, tool for a writer that you, words you could imagine is in there. And they have a great thesaurus and a feature, you know, called Related Words. And so I'll put that in there, and I will sit there, and I will go through, you know, pages of words that can mean that one word that's the weak link. And I find so many new words that way. But it also, you know, I'll find that, that like you're saying, that perfect word. It has to be that word, you know, in order for this sentence to sound exactly the, the way, way you want I it. Yes. it. Yeah. And you know what? You know, you would and that's yeah. And that's the right attitude, you know, because with that attitude growth will come in in a in a perfectionist way because what you're talking about is something that what you do because you know, and it because like well like like when I write in uh I that's what I look for. I I and that's what I've done over the years. I think that is why uh my my work is so strong and just extensive. Every syllable. You, you, you know what? I wrote a poem a long time ago. I never read it. It is called I Am a Poet. And 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 and, and there was a line where I said, and every word carefully and callously chosen. I gotta write that poem. I gotta read that poem one of these times because that poem is, is you know, you know it says I am a poet and I was describing. You know, it's over twenty years old. I've never read it before. You should find it. Bring it next week. Yeah, yeah, Please. yeah. And, and if you can, remind me because it, it, it tells off. You know, that that was the beginning of my growth, and that that is how I wanted to define my work. And my work to define me, you know, because when I'm when I'm saying something, I want it to say what I want it to say because I'm going to sign my name to it, and when I'm dead and gone, it's going to live on after me. It's 
It's a testament to my existence. It's to my existence. I want to get it mm-hmm. right. You know, yes. I want to get it right. Anyway. You know, I have a, a friend of mine who passed away several years ago. And the very first time I ever spoke to him, he called into my radio show and absolutely stole my heart with the piece that he read. But he was he was a poet back during the Ginsburg era, you know, and was in San Francisco and used to ride the train, hobo train, and, you know, go town to town and, you know, hang out and, and do all of that stuff. He was a rail runner for a long time. And the piece that he wrote and read... On the air, he talked about, you know, maybe I'll try to find it uh, and and share it sometime. Because uh, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. But in the in, in it, he talks about burying his his poems um, along Be- the track. You know, he would stop somewhere and you know he would have a can. He never kept his poems. Everything that he wrote, he buried. You know, and I love, you know, you're talking about your immortality and stuff like that. And when you said that, instantly I thought about him, you know, traveling the country back during the 60 Ginsburg days and, you know, running the rails and writing his poems down and stuffing them in plastic inside of an old can and burying it alongside a railroad track. And I always wonder if someone ever finds those or when they're found or what they say. You know, just that whole concept is amazing to me. And that's what it made me, you know, that was his immortality is he's out there somewhere along the railroad tracks, you know, all of his wisdom from the 60s. And, uh, you know, your poems that you write are going to be what's left behind of yours. You know, I I think that every poet should do a times capsule. Find a waterproof container, put what they are, who they are, the essence of them and their poetry inside that time capsule and go out in the world somewhere and bury it. You know, so if nothing else, someplace 200 years from now, it's going to get dug up and people are going to go, oh, my God, look at this guy, Granville. Wow. Wait, you know something? The way, the way I write, I have so much, I, I have works that I don't know I have. Because mm-hmm. when, I write a, when I write a poem, I put it down. I don't. I I don't go over it. I don't mull over it. I, sh- I close my book. And I, and I move. So sometimes, like okay, like now, if I need a poem, I can take my book, and I open my book, and I can find a poem that I never read before. Because and when I see the poem, owing to the fact I didn't I didn't remember writing it, I can look at it more objectively, you know. Because mm-hmm. I find I find that when I write on a poem. Immediately, and I look at it, I am too critical. Yeah. You know, and and, and it makes me second guess myself. So, so I, I had stopped doing that. When I write a poem, I close my book. And it's good to let them sleep in their own juices for a while. You know. Yeah. The, All right, yeah, Granville. Because, uh, tell uh, everyone how to find you, my love. Yes, yes. Thank you, you too. You can find me on Facebook, Granville John Hedrington, and Instagram of the same name. Granville John Hedrington. I'm living in Raleigh, North Carolina. You can look for me, hire me to perform for you. I, I can perform for, for you. I can entertain you for at least one hour flawlessly. Hire me. I'm going to make a name for myself. I promise. Anyway, <laughs> that's me talking my own heart. 
Thank you very much, people. Thank you very much, Naila. Thank you very much, Sam. You are very welcome, sir. Yes, sir. We'll appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week, sweetheart. Thank you. You did a great job tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Blessed. Blessed love. Blessed love. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 863. 863, you're on the air. Oh, um, um, hello, hello, um, Nyla. Hi, Miss Noreen. How are you, my love? Just hanging in there. Oh, it's so good to hear from you. Thank you so much for helping to support and being one of the sponsors of the Speakeasy. We've only got like three hundred and seventy dollars left. We've been doing really well. I've been really proud of everybody. Wow, that's good. But I saw that on there from you and Gary, and it just made me cry. What a beautiful thing! Thank you. You're welcome. And um, and, and I was wondering, can I read one of Gary's poems? Of course you can. You don't even have to ask me that. Okay. Um, I want to read this one. This one he um he um he. Called now and forever our love. Okay, and it says I'll never be lonely as long as I can kiss her good night. I'll never be lonely as long as she kisses me good morning. The days of our lives are full of fun, love, and laughter. We talk and play and tease and love each other from morning to night. Most days. We work and help each other. We seldom ever fight. If we do, we give our love for each other to make it right. Yes, she has her opinions, and I have mine. The one thing that never changes, I have her love, and she has mine. The end. Boy, I wonder who he wrote that about. (laughs) Me. Me. Now I... And when he said now and forever our love, it meant a lot to me because I I know he's here right now beside me because I, I feel him all the time, and I know he's here. And when I told him, I, I, I do like you said, I talked to him, and, and when I told him I want to read this poem, and I feel a, a, a brief, you know, a coolness like, like yes. <laughs> you I know, I, and I'm really glad that you do that because... You know, I'm, I'm just I'm just really glad that you you do that that you because you know it's like we talked you know the physical yes. body cannot last forever it has to go away no. but those fingerprints those words he gave you you know how many times a day do you kiss him? Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of times. Okay, but, I can't count. But that's silly, Noreen, because he's not there. How can you kiss him if he's not there? Oh wait, it's because he is there. Yes. You know. You don't mm-hmm. you don't have to have you know the the cereal box to know that the cereal's sweet and real, you know, yes. which is kind of a strange analogy, but you get what I mean. I don't have to hold the box yes. to know the cereal's there, you know. I know right. the cereal's box. I know, I know, you know. And so mm-hmm. you know, the the fingerprints, the him, the everything that he said, you know, he's never gonna leave yes. you. There's no way. No, that that no, man no. is right there beside you. He's going to be beside you for all the days of your life. You're never going to be yes. alone because he has imprinted himself on your soul so deeply. Yes. Yep. Yep. And that's how and I'm making it through. And that's mm-hmm. how I'm making it through. 
knowing that he's right here. I I wouldn't made it if he wasn't. This is how I'm making it through here, you know. I know, honey, I and I can hear advice. I can hear in your voice how hard it is. But yes. You know, I I've been there. It's like everyone said, you know, I told you that everyone said I needed to write a piece and I I just can't yet. I can't yet because I can't yet. It hurts too much. You know, and I think about it all the time and and uh so I know I know where you are. I know what you're going through and I can hear it in your voice and I'm just so proud of you and I know Gary's proud of you and I'm really I really know that he's proud of you because this isn't easy. No. Because you know? when, when I was there, right before he pa- he passed, I begged him to stay. I said, please don't go. I seen his eyes, you know, going uh, going back and forth, back and forth. I don't know what that meant. He was going back and forth, and I seen tears going down his eyes t- uh, uh, twice. And I told him, please don't go. I need you. <laughs> and he, I know. Uh, but, I know you know, there, it, and that's uh, hard because he, you know, he knew. He, I, I believe that he knew he was not going to leave you. I think that he knew. He was just sad because he couldn't make you understand that in time. Yes. You know, he knew he was still going to be with you forever beside you. And you feel him. You know yes. he's there. He's in your heart. He's not going anywhere. He would never leave no. you alone. You know? No. And I think that, you know, he, you know, he, he knew that... It, he was still going to be there, but you didn't yet, and I think that may have been hard for him. I don't know. Yes. Or not. That's just what I believe. Uh-huh. But, you know, you have us, too. You have a whole community of people that absolutely love you and know that if we don't take care of you and, and make sure that everything's good and that, you know, he's 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 going to say, excuse me, Noreen, but I'm going to go visit Nyla and kind of kick her in the ass right now because she's, uh, she's, she's not... I'm being a good girl, and you know, so you know, he knows we're going to take care of you, or, or we know yes. he's going to whoop our butt. So, you know, you're never alone, baby girl. You're never alone. Okay. I know I've got weird ideas, but they're mine, and they're I'll give them to you. Okay. Do you want to read one of yours? Um. Yes. Um. I I don't know how good it is because it's a new one. And so I don't know, and um, I did a new form called the Stromboto. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. So I, I so I, I just started writing again, and I don't know if I still got it or not because Gary's not here to hear it. <laughs> so here it's called Make My Night. This is for him, too. Where are you? You're supposed to grow old with me. You didn't. I know you're in heaven without pain, but still, I wanted you here at home pain-free. Love each other always, and to watch the rain come down from the sky as we hold hands with glee and do activities together again. I want to love you, touch you, hold you, I plead. Make my night, enter my dreams inside my brain. The end. Noreen, that was beautiful. And I think yeah. that it, I'm glad that you're Thank writing you. again. I think that it's really important for you to write because that was one of the things, you know, just like when Gary would pick up the guitar and play for you, yes. you know, and you were his little girl when he, you know, when he played for you, you were his, his, you were his everything, you know, his little girl. He would sing to yes. you. 
you know, like you were sitting under an apple tree and, you know, first loves, that type of a feeling for him, I know, because that's the way he described it. And I know how proud he was of your writing, you know, when you would read and stuff and he would talk about you and his beautiful bride, you know, how long you, you how long you guys have been together and he still described you as his beautiful bride. And yes. he was so proud of your writing mm-hmm. that wow. you know, it's it's you know, I think that he's there watching you write. I think that it's important. I think that, that yes. it's going to bring you closer to peace the more you write. And you haven't lost anything, honey. You know, you just no. you just write and write and write because I know he's very proud of you doing that now. He needs you oh, to do that for you. him. And mm-hmm. you're writing him. You're writing your love immortal. You know. Yes. What better way to make your guys's love, which was an incredible love, probably the most yes. truest, sincere love I've ever known and been witness to in my life. But it's you're writing him immortal. He 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 will never cease to breathe as long as your pen keeps him there. And, and I actually heard him breathing too. I actually mm-hmm. heard him breathing one night, and I know it's him because there's nobody here but me. And I know it was him. It wasn't me. It wasn't my breathing. And I know it has to. Be, I know it has to be him. There, I just can't explain it, but it was him breathing. He was just breathing hard to let me know he's here. Mhm. That's beautiful, baby. Stan, yes. I've been talking, blabbing. Go. That's quite all right. And, mm-hmm. dear lady, you haven't lost anything as far as your poetry goes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- thank you. Mm-hmm. And, yes, I agree with Nyla. If you can feel his presence, then he is there. You're yes. not alone. Mm-hmm. I even, I, even when I was getting ready, because I sleep on the couch, I can't sleep in a bedroom anymore. A- anyway, and I was getting ready, lay down, and I heard, I felt, I, I, it's not, no, it's not no like a, uh, it's not like a whirlwind or anything. It was just like a, I mean, I can't ex- describe it. It was a, a huge, br- not a breeze, like a cool air. It was just like something went all the way around me. I know that was him. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, it was it was it shit incredible. It was it was wow. You should let me know that he's still here. Yeah, and don't be afraid of the bed, sweetheart. You don't need mm-hmm. to go in there and sleep right now. But don't be afraid of the bed. And I understand exactly why you're not sleeping in there. And you don't need to sleep in there right now. But go in with a book of your guys' poetry and lay on the bed and read sometime. Don't let that place become a scary place to you. That was a place where you guys loved. That's a place where you yes. were your, your most close and tender and intimate. So don't let that become a scary place. Your guys' bed I, was never a scary place. So you don't have to no. sleep in there right now because I know that that's hard. But go in there and sit and read and read out loud and, you know, let that place that's always your, which has always been your sanctuary bring you some peace. Because I haven't been sleeping in there for three years, well, four years now, ever since yeah. Gary had the stroke. I never went back to sleep in there. I was waiting for him to come home first. Yeah. And before I go back there and sleep in there. Well, don't you don't need to rush that process. You're going to do that when you're ready. But don't yes. 
go in there and start sitting and and because that's your sanct that's that's the one place the rest of the world couldn't touch you that belongs to just you and him. So draw strength yes. from that. You know, and the rest of it will all come together when it's supposed to, but please don't let that become a place you avoid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go in and reintroduce yourself to it. Draw strength from it, okay? Okay. All right, baby. I love you so much. And again, thank you so much, you and Gary both, for for helping sponsor the show. It really means a lot. Okay. All right, Noreen. Great job tonight, honey. Do you want to tell us how we can find your guys' book? And I'll find you. Oh, 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 yes. You can find our books on um, Amazon.com. And the name of our books are um, The Aura of Truth, um, wait, The Aura of Truth, The Reflections of Our Inner Beings, and Two Hearts in One. You can find it on Amazon.com. And then you also can find our e-books on Amazon.com, too, two of them. And that would be The, the, Aura, the Aura of Truth and um, Two Hearts in One. And, and and you can find that on um, Amazon.com, too, as e-books. Awesome. All right, Noreen. We love you, and, honey. And then, Thank you so much. Okay. And you can still Go find ahead. us on, you can still find us on Reverb Nation, both of us on Reverb Nation, and you can still find us on Facebook.com, too. Very cool. So when you normally, after every show, you'd always thank the sponsors and stuff. Does this mean now that you're going to be saying, I want to thank myself and Gary for sponsoring the show? No. I'll, I'll say <laughs> no. Oh, oh, I, I, oh, that's right. I used to do that. But I wouldn't yeah. say my name, though. It wouldn't Why? Because sound you, right. you I'd did. Say, uh, mm, huh? You did help sponsor the show. So you have to say that now. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I want to thank Gary and myself for sponsoring the show. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and, and we can't forget one sapien. One sapien, yep. I'll give you a whole list so you have it handy. And and Mangus Khan? Mm Mm-hmm. I think I see his name on there, too. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I don't know who else. Um, Melvin Douglas, uh, Uma, helped yeah, Terry Melvin Galloway, Douglas. Sean Golickson, okay, Ronald. Uh, uh, okay, Donald and, and Galloway. Ronald. Yeah. Ron, and Ron, Ronald Galloway. Galloway. Just say and, all the sponsors um, because I won't get them all right. I mean, you won't. They're, okay. They're, they're the big list. Okay. <laughs> okay. And 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 um, want to thank um all the um all the sponsors. To sponsor the um the Speakeasy for, for Speakeasy Cafe Poetry Show and for uh, uh, sponsoring it and and I want to thank you Nyla and and um oh Nyla uh, uh oh excuse me Stan um uh oh I'm Christopher Stan. Ryan and um oh we haven't heard him in a long time what who's the other one oh, like how Stan, did I Stan's with you? me tonight huh. Stan, Stan and, 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 yeah. and, and thank you, Stan, too, for um, hosting it, the show. Oh, it's always a pleasure. <laughs> okay, you will. I love you, okay. darling girl. Thank okay, you so much for being here. Okay, we love you, too. Okay, thank you. 
Okay. All right. And please and try to be here next week, dance. okay? Uh, I'll be over here next good. week. Awesome. Okay. Okay. And thank you, Stan, too. I don't want to ignore you. I hope I didn't. I didn't mean to ignore you. I'm sorry if it sounded like I was ignoring, ignoring you. you. Not okay. at all. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for sharing. Okay. You're welcome. Thank okay. you, baby. Okay, you welcome. All right. Our next caller comes from area code we've i've got we've got 12 minutes so i'm going to try to get through you guys quickly we're going to keep our keep my mouth shut stan doesn't say a whole bunch but says volumes when he does me i just yammer and all kinds of crap falls out so i'm going to try to keep my comments to a minimum this we've got five eight zero two zero one and six zero eight so let's go ahead and bring on five eight zero five eight zero are you with me Five eight zero. I'm not with you, but I'm here. Hey, girl. <laughs> I'm with you in spirit, I guess. Right. Right. That works. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to read a piece. Uh, introduce yourself. It, I'll introduce myself afterwards. Okay. Because okay. she does what she wants. Okay. <laughs> Um, as you know, I really haven't been writing the last three years since my father passed, which he, uh, was three years ago last week. Um, and, but a friend of mine, she was telling me about a blog that she was going to write and how she's Native American. She's Choctaw. Well, you know, I'm Heinz 57 and part of the, the 57, I have two Native American types, Cherokee and Blackfoot. But she was talking about how they used to talk, say that her mom would turn men into beer, uh, birds, and if they rejected her, no, if she rejected, if they advanced on her and she didn't like it, and you know, just all this mystical stuff, and it was bouncing around in my head because I think, even though looking at me, you can't tell I'm Native American. I think I still have a lot of the the spirits that still live in me. Um, so. Uh, I couldn't go to sleep. I just kept dreaming this this piece, which usually once it goes in, if I don't write it down, it's gone. But it stayed with me until the morning. So it's called Good or Bad Medicine. She is a hummingbird changing from human form, living her natural life, gathering pollen through using every sense. When the world provides beautiful flowers of experience, she provides the most amazing medicine. Yet when the world burdens their lives in negativity, her medicine becomes bad. Her medicine is given through words and pictures. So I ask, do you want to be poisoned to the hummingbird? Do you want to be part of this sweet nectar? Which of her medicine are you responsible for? She is a hummingbird. She can provide good or bad medicine. Give her sweet nectar, not lies in pain. Be good medicine. In peace. Wow, I love that. And that, I mean, that's that's just a very good warning. You know, they say that whatever love a man gives a woman, and it's true, whatever little ounce of attention or love or sweetness a man gives a woman is repaid to him tenfold. Oh, yeah. If she's a good Absolutely. woman. That's you know, correct. 
there there are some there's always exception to the rules and and I know some and that's fine <laughs> but you know as as a norm as human nature goes any kindness you show a woman she will give back to you tenfold you bring her a dandelion and the next day she's wearing Victoria's Secret has a candlelight dinner and uh you know has written a letter to your mom for you and you know washed your socks and and you know everything you know it's like for all for one little dandelion it's true it it is i mean like when my husband does something for me whether he realizes he's doing something for me or not i'll gather which you know i don't have a lot of strength that's uh i'm trying i'm in the process of collecting disability, but I'll gather all my strength and I'll try to clean up around his desk a little bit more. And so, I mean, there's a lot of dust around the apartment just because I don't have the strength to do it, but I try to go above and beyond what my strength normally allows when, you know, because sometimes it's that kiss or that extra I love you or that, you know, just that, that's something, even that, that little spark of a smile, you know, mm-hmm. that can be given at times. So Yeah, he will never I, uh, notice the dust around the apartment. If you can make a man feel 10 feet tall and bulletproof, there is nothing in the wor- world that he will see when he looks at you besides a jewel. None of that other stuff matters. You know, you exactly. if you are a good woman to your man, and a lot of women get mad when I say that because it's not really, you know, the... You know, being a submissive woman is seen as a weakness, but I say that being a submissive woman and understanding that our power comes from being a woman is our greatest strength. You know, our greatest strength is the fact that we are female, you know, and it should not be seen as a weakness or something that we have to compete with a man for or with. You know, our strength is the fact that we are female, and there is a lot of power in that. You know, if you are a good woman to your man and he feels like a man, there's nothing in the world he will not, he will turn over heaven and hell for you. And see, okay, I used I'm done. To not be that, I used to not be that woman. And then after we remarried, I, because I, we'd gotten divorced. And uh, after years of counseling and getting myself straight so I can be a better person, it's, it's a world, it's a world of difference than before. Mm-hmm. I mean, like night and day. So it it's 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 different, yeah. <laughs> but um, Well you sound good. You sound good and that makes me very happy. Stan, did you want to you. comment amongst all this this, this estrogen? <laughs> <laughs> you want me to throw the testosterone monkey wrench in this, I see. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm afraid I can't do that because I do agree with her. And what she said is correct. Uh, if you treat a woman well, it's good medicine. You know, there's a saying, if mama's not happy, nobody's happy. That's true. That <laughs> it, is true. it is. <laughs> it is. It is true. But, but, you know, the opposite side of that is my favorite Bible verse, and that is, it's exactly. better to live on a corner of a roof than with a quarrelsome wife. Ooh. Yep. I mm, never want to make a man feel like he should be. He would rather live on the corner of the roof of the house than to come inside with me. So I think that's pretty powerful thought. I, I oh, heard that is. when I was like seven, and I was in vacation Bible school, and I've never forgotten it. 
Well, if there's one thing I have learned from the family unit and watching it, the cornerstone of any family is the woman. The man can be the great protector and the great provider and all these things, but when it comes to actually holding the family unit together, that's the woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, um, that was actually the first first or second poem I wrote since last year, which I only wrote like one, maybe two last year. But I, I'm not forcing it. I'm not calling it writer's block. I just tell everybody no, that not. when my father passed away, that part of me passed away with him. It's if you are a writer, you are you know, and I, I have this conversation with a lot of writers. Actually, you'd be pretty amazed. But if you are a writer, you are always a writer. When I lost someone real close to me, Jake, he killed himself um, several years ago, and my life just did a tailspin. I did wasn't writing. I wasn't doing anything. I mean, it was. I went through my daily functions. You guys would never know because I was doing the show and and things like that. But I basically cloistered myself inside for almost a year and really went through a hard time emotionally with it Um, and didn't write at all, not at all. And it was hard. You know, even though I knew the answer to my own question, it was like, you know, maybe I'll never start writing again. But there's times when... We need to shut up. We need mm-hmm. to let ourselves heal. We need to not push ourselves. We not need not to. I mean, the whole world expects so much from us. We need not. To, you know, there's times when we just have to understand we don't have to expect anything from ourselves, and just let ourselves be. Let ourselves get through what we need to get through. Allow us our humanity. Being a writer. If you are a writer, you are always a writer. If you don't write a poem in ten years. That does not mean you're not a writer. It means you're a writer who hasn't written a poem in 10 years. All right, deal with it. You're okay. It's fine. You know, you are still a writer. You will write again. If it's who you are inside, it's who you will always be inside. And when we're quiet, you know, it's when something else needs us. But we will always go back to that. You will always go back. It will come back to you. You know, and you may need to prime the pump a little bit and all of that. But, um, you know, there's a reason we're silent. Life experience, if we don't have that, we can't write. So, you know, don't don't yeah. ever think that because you haven't written that something's broken. You're not broken. You're just being quiet for a little while. You know, even a yeah, volcano goes through dormant periods. I I when I dream and I, my dad's in my dreams, I mean, we have full conversations. It's like, you know, he's sitting right next to me and I remember them and it's his voice and that, you know, so I just, you know, I, I'm listening right now. I'm learning. So will you do me a favor? Can I, can I give you a task, my love? A task? Oh, a task. Task. Okay. I want you to keep a journal or a spiral notebook or something like that beside your bed. And whenever you wake up and you remember part of these dreams, I want you to just write them down. Don't try to make them into a paragraphs or make them a poem or anything. Just write down the random fragments that you remember. Every morning when you wake up, write down anything you remember from your dreams, even if they're not about your dad. Will you do that oh, for yeah. me? Oh, sure. Okay. I can remember all, all right. my dreams. 
Yeah. So just, and it can be filled with, I, I do that all the time, but just abstract thoughts. You know, I remember that there was a clown. I remember there were moths. I remember there were spiders. I remember terror, you know. <laughs> yeah. I write it down. I, I saw, whatever I it saw is. your worst nightmare thing. And then you said Brobby and uh, someone else was grounded for a year or something for uh, for putting a yeah. picture of a, a spider with a clown on the face. My worst nightmare yeah. is a, a clown covered in spiders and moths. Yeah, exactly. That is literally, and, literally, absolutely the truth. It's so funny that you saw that and then I say it. I said it at the beginning of the show, too, but it's so true. Um, I but, know. yeah, anything that That's, you think of, I want you to write down. If you look at, uh, oh, I I do periodically. I mean, every night I dream and I remember down to the last detail of my dreams. I don't remember just spots. I remember the whole flown, full-blown dream. The whole plot. Yeah. Everything. everything. Yeah. Words, word for word, everything. That's I can, why I do that I as well. They're so vivid and so real and... Yeah. That's every night. Most people, it's just like, you know, every once in a while. Me, it's every single night. So that's why I take medicine so I can actually get a restful sleep. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm so active in my sleep that I don't have a chance to, you know, actually get a, a restful sleep. <laughs> and my heart rate it, will, will it, it's a, You know that it's a form of like sleep apnea, right? Oh, yeah, I, I know. I have yeah. sleep apnea. I sleep with a CPAP machine, and I still have those dreams. <laughs> and I'm on the highest level on my CPAP machine. So, yeah, it's it's funny, but it's also part of my anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's so called lucid, it's, lucid dreaming. When you, can, yeah. when you dream, you can think of something and go back to sleep and put yourself back in the same dream again. I wasn't yeah, done dreaming that yet. You know. Yeah, my brain mm-hmm. won't stop until it's it's actually finished with the dream. Um, I I can force myself to wake up like if it's a nightmare, and if I don't get all the way through it and work through whatever it is that I'm working through, I will dream that same dream for days until I allow myself to get to where I need to go. That's funny. I'll wake up and I'll sit there and it's like if it's a nightmare too, I'll wake up and say, uh-uh, I don't like the way this is going. And I'll so I'll like in my subconscious I'll say, instead, this is what happens and I go to sleep and I finish dreaming from that point. I mean, I can actually, I'll sit there and actually change the course of a dream I'm having because I don't like it. I wish I had tried that so many times. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, no, no. I know there's no. other people on the line, and I don't need to, to keep, we got, it's after 10, so only people on the phone is going to be able to hear. So and sorry. archives. Yeah. And archives. You know that 90% of our listeners come from the archives. So, you know, it's it's okay. You're all right. We haven't talked to you in a while, and it's important. It's, you know, I want to, I want to be able to spend a minute with you, so. And I know, people I miss, miss you, you too. They understand. You invite me every week, and I and I feel so bad that I don't come on. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm not going to, edge out watching Netflix, and I'm not going to, you know, I I tried to draw, which you know, occasionally if I'm really inspired, I can actually draw. But if I'm not inspired, I can't even draw a heart. Um, <laughs> and so I tried to draw the other day. And they come out with some weird face with the heart and a medical mask on and a purple bow. And it was 
it was just insane. And I was but like, see, there's okay, a reason that you're trying. You're trying to draw. You called in. There's a reason that this stuff is happening, and you know that. I mean, there's that yeah. that part of you is trying to wake up. That part of you, you need it, and it's calling you. And anything that you do out of the norm, calling in tonight, picking up the pencil and drawing, all those things are your creative sides, you know, seeking you out, asking you to do things. And the more that you do them, the more it's going to wake up. So. You know, I see this as being a really a healing time for you right now. You know, all, everything that everything that you're saying, the the signs are all. I really, I really think that, you know, which is fitting because it's spring. You know, oh, and yeah. I want you to think about that as you see the ground change, as you see the trees change, as you see the colors change. You know, and I will tell you something I'm doing differently though that I just recently started doing, and maybe that's what's helping me, is I uh, recently started meditating. I mean, I always pray all the time, but I recently started meditating. So it's, it's, I think that's helping. I, I would think so too. Yep. But I will sit back and listen to the next two Tell callers. everyone who you are. I am... Star Poetress, but now instead of having Star Poetress on Facebook, which you could still find me under S-T-A-R-R, Poetress, um, just type in Renee Cryer, and you can find me that way also. Or you can look my books up on Amazon.com under Janet Renee Cryer. Y'all have a blessed night. You too. You as well, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we have two callers left. We have 201 and then 608. Are you still good, Stan, or do you need to take off? I'm good. Okay. Let's go ahead and grab area code 201. 201, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hey, this sweetie. Is Elizabeth. How are you? It has been a while, Missy May. Um, yes, it has. Um, but I have been lurking in the in the in the background for many weeks. I just Not pointing any fingers, like... stalker, but it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been quite a while. Um, you had given me a uh, a thing to write, excuse me, homework to write, uh, back in 2015. I hope that's not why you haven't been here. It's because you were too afraid not to come back with your homework, without your homework. No, no, no. I've been, <laughs> I've been here, and I believe that you've heard this. But this is a prelude to a new poem. So okay. I'm going to read that first and then the second poem, but both of them are quite short. Okay. Okay. It's called Booby Power. The right boob said to the left boob, I have more booby power. The left boob sighed, said, why? The right boob said, I have more fingerprints on me. End poem. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, I knew you would laugh. <laughs> now we're gonna now we're gonna go into some uh estrogen crap. Sorry. Okay. Mammogram. They tug and they pull and they pinch. Picture after picture. Something on the right, something on the left, then a giant needle, then a biopsy. The girls are in trouble. Preempted strike, short haircut. The gremlins just hiccups. They are to be removed. 
what will I be now? Where are my girls are going to? Where are my girls going? Oh, bloody hell, I'll be able to live a little longer. End poem. <laughs> it's like, okay, so this is horrible. Wait a minute, I'm going to be alive, so it's okay. Yeah. If they're going to lop them both off, yes. Yeah. And that's, that's. That should have happened yesterday, but my sugars were too high. So it's going to be happening uh, the 24th of this month. So I'm a little nervous, a little scared. And uh, I came across booby power while I was listening to everybody else. And I just <laughs> actually wrote this. I, I just actually wrote this like, like while I was listening to everybody else. You know, I remember talking about that, how boobs had superpowers, because you had to have boobs in order to bend down and pick up a a towel that's dropped on the floor. You have to have boobs in order to change a empty toilet paper roll. You must have boobs in order to turn on a stove. You know, all these things, because obviously you must have boobs, because, you know, I don't see it happening if you don't. Yes, you must have boobs to find something in the refrigerator because they can't find anything. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I can't find this. No, no, no. Let let the girls get in there and shuffle around a little bit. Yeah, right. (laughs) They'll find it. Oh, Oh, Stan, you picked the wrong day to hang out. I'm so sorry. There's so much girl stuff going on today. (laughs) More more poetically picturesque, but today I'm on a boob thing. (laughs) <laughs> you know what? Everything's going to be fine. And, you know, I am kind of envious of you never having a mammogram again. If there's any benefit, it's that. Because I had my first one. Actually, I had two that, because it was my first one. They And I'm pretty busty. I'm pretty, I mean, I'm a triple D cup. I'm, I got boobs for days. And so, you know, they're shoving them girls. And they and they, they do, they make, they squish them like a pet. Oh, it hurts. I, I couldn't and, and touch my boobs for like a month afterwards. Yet. It's like a needling, yes. Oh, it's horrible. I felt assaulted. Yeah. Assaulted and then it's like, well, you know, we're going to, we need to check them again because, you know, oh, okay. Well, it was just because you're, you're you know, large breasted. So, you know, everything's cool. It's like you made me go through that twice. I hate you forever. See you next year. <laughs> well, they made me go in for a a um a sonogram on my boob. It was like, what? You sonogram boobs? And it was like, sonogram. yeah. What do they do? Like run a uh, they run uh, the submarine around you? The, the, no, yeah, no, no. They the, the sonogram <laughs> for like they do one for the babies. They do it mm-hmm. on your breast. I Ultra never knew sound. that they would do that. Yes, the ultrasound. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was like, wow. Yeah. yeah. So then I've already had uh, a needle biopsy and a um, biopsy that they ripped open to check something else out. So uh, the pre- preemptive strike for the left one, sorry, girl, but the right one has trouble. Uh, they do have cancer in it, so yeah. it'll be what it'll be. You know, be. And, and I kind of tongue-in-cheek some of this, but, you know, and I know you understand as a woman, but sometimes if we don't, Sometimes it's the only way we can get through some things that are just crap, you know. So it's like, yeah. all right, this has to be done. But, you know, as a woman, I understand. I know you're going to be fine. And, and it's like, well, shit, you know, you, we either laugh and get through it together or we let ourselves be scared. And we're not going to do that because you're going to be fine. 
No. No, I you know, I just like I turned around and I said, you know, Doc, you want me to lose weight? And listen, I got about forty pounds to take them off. And he, he, he was hysterical. <laughs> well, I have I'm I'm buxom like you, so yeah, I understand that. And I'm overweight mm-hmm. to begin with, so I got a lot of extra side flap too. So. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, it, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just fun. Anyway, I can be found on Facebook at Ellen Elizabeth Cernak Cash, and Cash is with a K, K A S H K. Um, I have a book out there on Amazon. Um, it is called Duh. <laughs> That's funny. I just went blank. I just got brain farted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, creative moments. There you go. Creative moments. Creative moments. It was back in 2002, I think it was out, but it's still it's still running around. So, have a, very cool. Have a, a yeah, and you know my other stuff. My other poetry is more picturesque and more God fearing and loving. But you know, today. slice. I call that slice of life poetry. Just real life in your face. You know, no excuses, exactly. no apologies. This is life. I, I love that type of poetry. Um, I love the cheekiness, the braveness, the sincerity of it. I just thought it was awesome, honey, and I appreciate you sharing, and I appreciate you being here. And, and uh, you know, I, you. I'm hoping that now you're back that, you know, well, anytime I, you be I, here, I, please you, do be. You know that I lost my, my the love of my life four years ago, and I really haven't I been writing since. I've been I'm doing a lot of painting home. Here, so um, a lot of watercolor. So uh, that's kind of my forte right now. Um, but I think I need to let loose on some writing. Uh, I think it's built up and it's kind of percolating enough now that I can just let loose. And uh, I still miss them. I know you know that with your Jake. My John, Johnny was the same thing. Love of my life. But you know what? Shit happens. And then you die. <laughs> and 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 we're okay. We're we're resilient, you know. Shit happens, but none of the shit that happens is stronger than we are. So we we get through stuff together. Yes, you know, we, we and will be fine. I I I am a survivor. I've you always are. have been. You definitely are. You know, remember that you come from good stock. There was a time when females would claw their existence out of the dirt with bloody nails. So you know, there there is no weakness yes. in you, woman. No, no, no. I have a lot of bloody nails behind me, too. I clawed <laughs> my way out and around and above and beyond in a lot of places. So Exactly. But anyway. All right, sweetheart. Thank you for listening. Absolutely and, uh, our I'll, pleasure. I'll be lurking in the background. I promise I'll, <laughs> I'll write something new and, and come back on. It doesn't have, have to. to be new. You can read your old stuff. There's people, new listeners, who've never even heard it before. So, well, you know, you're more than welcome to share I'll, stuff you I'll wrote 10 years out, ago. Uh, maybe I'll pull out Shahenda again, so. Oh, that would be cool. We'll All right, sweetheart. All right. Have a good evening. We'll talk to you Leave soon. me on. Thanks. I want to listen to the last person because <laughs> okay. I am courteous. Thank you. You're welcome, <laughs> baby. Bye-bye, hon. All right. So, Stan, our last yep. caller is Mr. Fuzzy Hermit in the Woods, one sapient, come to the show. Hello, Sir Fuzzy, tra- traveling person. 
<laughs> See? Fuzzy Hermit on the Road. My fuzzy gypsy. That's what you are. You're my fuzzy gypsy. You're not a hermit because yeah. you're around people now. So you can't be a hermit, but you can be my fuzzy gypsy. My fuzzy gypsy hermit? Okay. You can that be whatever work, you want to be. Baby. I'm in North Dakota today. Are you really? By uh, um, last week when I called, it was in Colorado. So I've been to Wyoming, South Dakota, Montana, Idaho, Washington, and now I'm in South Dakota. I think that you're doing this now just to make me crazy. (laughs) You know, before it's like I'm in Pueblo, now I'm in Monument, now I'm in Denver, now I'm in in Pueblo again, now I'm in, you know, now it's like I've just traveled three states. I so, so want to pack a knapsack, come climb in the car with you and just go. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I'm done whining now. You can talk. Okay. Okay. I have a brand brand new piece that I just came up with while I was listening. It's called Peter and the Boys. <laughs> oh, God. Lord help me. <laughs> okay, let the girls go get you a beer and oh, you don't drink anymore, but so we can't do that. Let me let the girls go go get you a Pepsi and and we'll sit down and nestle in and and hear hear your poem. <laughs> Good lord. I'm just kidding. You just I just thought that was so funny. Oh. I was so scared. I figured then you would would probably say, oh, that's your homework for next week. You know, it was right on the tip of my tongue, but I'm afraid. I'm very, very afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you did that, then I would have to write a poem about the girls. I mean, you couldn't just have one. You'd have to have the, 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 you know, it has to, they they come in a set. (laughs) Boobs or balls, it comes in a set, so there's got to be two. At least I most didn't of the say time. that in my out loud voice, did I? Yeah, other than there was this one guy who went to a, the Catholic grade school as friends with my next-door neighbor, who, whose nickname was, We Got Your Number, it's One. Ooh. One was not hanging. I don't think I want you to explain this, but I don't get it. But don't explain it. One, they no, fall at some point, and and only one did. Oh, we only had one ball. Yeah. Okay, that's that's. You got your number, okay. and it's one. You know, you know, they they can laugh all they want, but it's less of a target when someone goes to kick. So, you know. Whatever. We're stopping this. One sapien, are you going to read something? Yes. Something old. Um, Because I haven't written anything yet. Because on that subject, I had wanted to write for years. And then I 
told a counselor I was seeing that I wanted to get a computer because I was writing chicken scratch and I thought it would be easier. That was in like 1992. And I got a computer in 1993. And I didn't start writing until 2005. By that time, I was on my third or fourth computer. Uh, <laughs> I, the reason why I'm saying it is because even though I had wanted to, I wasn't ready because the stuff was still stuck inside. I needed to process other stuff that was going on. As a matter of fact, I w- had been living in my parents' house for years because I had become disabled and I, and I couldn't afford to live anywhere. And I actually didn't start writing until until a year and a half after I moved out and had been living in my own house. So there was a lot of stuff that I had to, had to go through. And then, you know, there's been periods since then where I had stopped writing for a while and I stopped writing after my dad died in October of 12. And uh, this one I have a note on that I guess was the first thing I had written in about a year. Um, so I guess I was just saying that because I know I try not to beat myself up about stuff, but sometimes I still do. I don't give myself a hard time about not writing anymore. Uh, or when I go long periods without writing, because I can just do it. I've explained that before that when I write, it's usually it just it just starts it just comes and I boom I can do something in like 20 minutes and it blows me away because sometimes it's just like channeling because I don't know where some of it comes from and maybe that is something that other people could kind of relate to because you've mentioned this before when you read something that you wrote years ago and it's like did I did I write that Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, I want to read this because I'm more than likely going to be home in two days and I have to do a bunch of stuff and I'm not looking forward to it. But, and now looking forward to the my adventure uh, winding down and trying not to be depressed or unhappy because I'm not in the mountains anymore. There's some stuff around here, but it's boring. See, to me. the thing about you Although is you can get up. You have the freedom to get up and go if you want. You know, well, you've, you've got your home, you but only, if you want to get your car and just go travel for a month, you can do that. The only reason why I was able to do that was because Sheila died in January. I didn't have room for three dogs. And so now, yeah, I could. As long as I had money, you know, I could, I could, and my plan is to only stay home for about a month or so because it's going to get well, hot. Well, you don't have, have any money you. because you just, like, spent half of, sponsored half the show for the year. Well, I do that every year. I know, but, you know, now I feel I bad budgeted. because you sponsored the show, now you have to go home. No, that's not why I have to go home. I actually have to go home. The number we, the number one reason why I have to go home is because I have to do my taxes. 
Otherwise, I wouldn't be going. Well, well fortunately, it, it once I find the papers, it only you takes me a couple hours. You just throw your in the car, and you go back up in the mountains. You know, think about that. You know, when you think about it getting hot, yeah. there's a reason to get depressed because you have the ability now that if something happens and it's going to be a heat wave, that's fine. It can be a heat wave. I'm just going to go up in the mountains. I'm going to take the dogs, and we're going to go. Yeah, the only thing that sucks about that is it takes like 15 hours to get there. That's half the fun, honey. <laughs> now, when you have to now when you have to drive through Minnesota and Iowa and Nebraska, or you, or you have to drive through Minnesota and South Dakota, nothing against people who live there and like it. It's just not something I want to do. Or you would have to drive through <laughs> Minnesota and North Dakota in Eastern Montana. Uh, Montana is gigantic. Um, Mm-hmm. Wyoming is big too. Wyoming, I love. I loved living in Wyoming. There's not a part of Wyoming that I couldn't take you to secret places in. Not if it's in the eastern part. I only want to be in the mountains. I don't like that flat stuff. But I actually <laughs> really like Montana better than Colorado because there's more water. And before I forget, um. I got excited not once but twice in two days because I drove from Coeur d'Alene to where did I drive to? I wanted to drive to Bozeman. No, I drove to Butte. I couldn't drive to Bozeman because I drove into a blizzard yesterday. So I actually got some real experience with some snow finally because all of it fell back home and every time I was in Colorado it was snowing somewhere else there. And then I drove into a blizzard today. Or almost a blizzard. It wasn't sticking on the road but it was certainly coming down for a while. And and hail for a little while. But I guess I missed all the stuff that happened down in, in Nebraska. I'm glad I decided not to go take I-80. I had decided that weeks ago, though, because uh, of the flooding problems they were having. Mm-hmm. So I should probably read. Okay. So I wrote this in uh, October of 13... I think it's the, uh, the actually the the exact day date a year after my dad died. So goes like this. Oh, this is Ghost, which I mention every time I call. I feel like a ghost just sitting here in my home. The quiet is deafening, although calming. As I contemplate another year gone by. Any year since I lost my dad. This past week has been pretty rough emotionally, thinking about my life and long-ago dreams which never materialized. And the farther I get from those times and the farther I get from those dreams, the farther I feel I am from you. You, the only one who comes to me in my dreams, 
have I fallen into some alternate universe? Because I'm the only one here. Although it could be because I've become the fuzzy hermit in the woods. A recluse watching and feeling my life go by, doing my best to make sense of it all. Technicolor film running in my brain, my memory running the reels and reels of my former life and days gone by. On an endless loop in my mind's eye, pervasive is this cloud they call depression. It has no taste. It has no smell. It just hangs and hangs. I've lived with it for so long now, over two decades. I can no longer remember what it feels like to live without it. The colors have faded, although they have not run. However, I think the edges are beginning to curl. You see, old father time keeps ticking along, and I lost my and I passed my prime in the depths of major depression. No turning back the clock. Those days are gone. No way to relive them as they have passed into the dustbin of time, just as it should be. However, I have an ace up my sleeve, and it's called faith. No She's not the girl in my dreams, although that could be her name. I just don't know. Because she's never spoken to me, although I've seen her angelic face somewhat blurred by the fog in my brain. And the farther I get from those times and the farther I get from those dreams, the farther I feel I am from you. The faith that is my ace, is deep within my soul. In a place where no one can disturb it, in a place where no one can steal it, in a place where no one can extinguish it, it burns a blue flame, sometimes hot, sometimes cold, and it cannot be extinguished because it is fueled by the timelessness of life. And and as I walk into the forest, my silhouette fades to that of a ghost because I believe my soul will never die. End poem. You know, that's kind of a fitting piece for you to read. Do you know why? Why? Because that's one of the things that I've been thinking of while you've been out on the road traveling all these months is... I've heard you read that piece, and I've heard you talk about that type of a thing in your writing before. And it's like, you know, you can't sit at home and wait for her to come knock on your door. Avon ladies aren't real anymore, you know. (laughs) So sitting at home waiting for this woman of your dreams to come walking half-naked and angelic out of your woods in the mist probably isn't going to happen. But now that you have the ability to get out there and, you know, sometimes it's okay to have the same dream. You just have to change the way you're dreaming it or the vehicle you're in to get there, you know. Mm-hmm. So you have the ability right now. You could go to a tr- stop at a truck stop to get gas and go sit in the 
you know, the restaurant and order some coffee and some bacon and eggs, and this beautiful brunette with bright blue eyes is going to walk up and serve you coffee, and that's going to be it. You know, you you instead of sitting around waiting for her or your dreams to come find you, if you put yourself out there in the world like you've been doing, and that's something that I thought about was, you know, every time I think about you out there, I thought, I wonder who's serving him coffee right now. I wonder who's serving him coffee right now, you know. And um, I don't know if you drink coffee, but you know what I mean. But yeah, it was like, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's been fun for me to live vicariously and think all these things and share this adventure that you've been on with you. I I do I do drink coffee, although I I finally figured something out. I um I found this stuff. I buy some herbs and supplements from a place called iHerb down in in California, and I tried to find a website for this stuff, but I guess it's actually it may be made for them now. I'm, I'm not sure. It's it's called Madre Labs. It's a Cafe Seps. It's a powdered coffee that has uh, uh, cordyceps and, and uh, reishi mushroom powder in it. Uh, I can drink that, but if I drink brewed coffee, I'll get cramps later on, like hours later. Huh. I think there's something, hey, something odd again? about brewed coffee. So that was all I was going to say about that. No, no. Did you read two pieces, or was that just the first one? No, I was just going to read the one. Oh, okay, okay. All right. I didn't, I didn't know if plan I, on reading another if one. I was, if I was uh, <laughs> being tired or not. So <laughs> do me a favor. Let me know. I'll call you because I want to know how things are at the house when you get home because you've been gone a while. It's had me kind of concerned as well, but I'll call you tomorrow. Um and uh, we'll we'll chat about what's going on. I won't on be tomorrow. home until Saturday, though. Oh, all right. Well, give give me a text when you get home, then, and uh, then I'll give you a call. Okay. Or you can text. We can talk before then. We don't have to wait. Anymore. Yeah. Well, I was anyway, say we could, anyway, we could I'll call you. Um. Yeah. Um. Oh. Um. I was really serious earlier when I said I didn't, I didn't mean anything negative, you know, to anybody who likes this part of the country. I just I can't deal with it. The heat, the dryness. I mean, even though the humidity is low in Colorado and the sun's kind of warm, I actually really, really Everybody like Everybody has preferences, and that's okay. It yeah. wouldn't be good if we all loved the same place because then it would be California, yeah. and who wants that? I, 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 really, I really like um, I really you like the Northwest. That, huh? The northwest part of Montana. Yeah. There's more See, water. I, I, there's people who love the desert. I cannot stand the desert. Dead, dying, or deadly. But I'll go there and spend lots of time digging dead things, <laughs> digging up my fossils and stuff. But yeah. I could live there. I don't like Oregon because it's like living in a sponge, you know. Well, that's what it's like living in where my house is. With the humidity that goes up to 100 percent every night, or just We're about doing it every again. night, aren't we, Stan? Well, and all right, once again, tell us how to find you, my love. <laughs> uh, all I was going to the only other thing I was going to say is that I found it really cool driving down the interstate that I see what I'm going to call benches, 
because I think that's what they refer to an area that's in Salt Lake City. Um, that's near uh, Little Cottonwood Canyon Road, which goes up to Alta and Snowbird. Uh-huh. And this bench is where the 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 uh, these these grassy rolling like hills that go up towards where the mountains just climb, and there's houses. I saw one house that was like at the base of a steep mountain that had all these pine trees on it, and there was snow up there, and I was just like, that's a really cool place. So the only thing I didn't like was um, was driving part of um, I-90 in, in uh, Idaho and northwestern Montana, and actually on the way back, there was a semi on its side, in this windy part of a canyon uh, near uh, 4th of July Pass. I couldn't find it on the Internet last night. I found the crash this morning. Um, I thought that was kind of odd. Fortunately, the driver was okay. But it isn't anywhere near as bad as driving some of those roads in, in Colorado. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Like like the one this Silverton on high 550. No. Yeah, some are really bad. Yeah, with those hundred, hundreds of foot drop-offs, I don't, I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I don't, Dan. I don't know if you were, if you were helping hosting the show when I was talking about that because I drove Highway 550 from Durango to Silverton, which Durango is south of Silverton, and Silverton's up at like 9,600 feet. And I'm driving around the mountain, and I come around this 15-mile-an-hour left-hand curve, and I look up like about a half, a quarter or so mile away from me and above me on this mountain, and there's this line going up from left to right. And I'm like, that looks like a road. And about five minutes later, I'm driving up it. (laughs) And it's just going around the side of the mountain, and I'm like, God, am I glad there's about five to eight feet of snow on the side where the guardrail's buried so I don't have to see that drop-off because I would freeze. I would probably be calling the sheriff to drive my vehicle back down the mountain. I don't blame you. My dad uh, in Long Beach, he took me up uh, what was known as Signal Hill, which is where they had a lot of oil drilling going on. Where is that? It was a steep road. I have to pee. You do? Yes. Yeah, thank I've been you. sitting here for Thanks almost for four us, hours though. now. Just just throwing that well, out there and being real. Quick, quick. <laughs> I'm okay, going to write quick, a poem about it in a second. Though. You said Long Beach? Long Beach, California. I was born there. Okay. I spent a summer in Chatsworth and went to UCLA and used to go over to Santa Monica Beach and worked at a Ralph's in Santa Monica. Uh-huh. I don't think I was down in Long Beach, though. But so what, you drove up a, a mountain road over there? Well, it was Signal Hill, which is where they do a lot of the oil drilling. It looks great going up one side. It is treacherous down the other side. Yeah, definitely looking down. I had a very long drop. <laughs> Didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I was like, I was okay. Go ahead. I was just saying, I don't have wings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, because on the way to Silverton, I was on the outside of the curbs. And so I was glad that when I was going back, I was on the inside. 
I now have goosebumps. Yeah. Have you ever had to pee so bad I to get goosebumps? Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't drive the north end, which is from a town <laughs> called Ure to Silverton, which is the million dollar highway because they had triggered an avalanche there and so it wouldn't fall on somebody. And there was a picture online of this front end loader and they're like tall at the top of the roof and, and it's parked on the side of the highway and there's just snow behind it, but it was all cut from them removing it from the road. This top of the snow was like three times the height of the top of the front end loader. It must've been 30 feet deep. Jeez. That part of the, that part of 550 from Ure to Silverton had been closed for like three weeks. They closed it like March 3rd, and it was still closed the last week of March when I I'm went I'm back. Up I, I, from I'm back south. in the bathroom. Did I miss anything? No. Wow, that was fast. <laughs> you think I'm joking? I am absolutely not joking, you guys. <laughs> we never did that, and I'm just telling you, you just missed 30 feet of snow. <laughs> When Sapien, I, already, how to I find think I told her that story. You can find me by typing in poetry in the wind as one word, no spaces. Put it in the search box in Facebook, and you'll find me there with a cool composite picture that Nyla made for me. And if you're interested in reading some of my pieces, you can find, including Ghost, you can find them in a book entitled Held, A Fusion of Brilliance, Volume 2, which is available on Amazon. It's an international anthology of writers from Canada, the U.K., and the U.S., and it also has some cool art in it. Awesome. All right, sweetheart, I love you. I will give you a call in a day or two and see what's going on, and thank you so much for helping to sponsor the show. I love you so much. And I know it means tons to everybody. And um, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. I'm glad I could do it. And I'm glad that for uh, everybody else that helped out sponsoring the show too. Me too. All right, sweetie. I will talk to you in a couple days, okay? Well, yeah, whenever. Um, you can call tomorrow if you want. I'll probably be in Minnesota. but Hopefully <laughs> I right. won't get attacked by giant uh, giant mosquitoes. No, you'll be fine. I promise. It won't happen. <laughs> well, you've Love never you. been to Minnesota, have you? Oh, yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> I went to college. Dan, do you want to read a piece before you uh, we close the show? Who, me? Yeah. Okay, why not? Well, since tomorrow's my birthday, I'm just going to go ahead and use my birthday reality poem. (laughs) I don't need a date to realize that a milestone's been made at last. I have far less patience, teeth, and hair while I'm passing four more gas. That's right, Nala. It's a fart joke. I like fart jokes. (laughs) I just don't like them in grocery store aisles. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Stan. Happy birthday to you and many more. 
Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right, guys, I will talk to you next week. Going to take off. I love you so much for hanging out with me tonight, Stan. It was great having you. One sapien, thank you for having such an awesome uh, close to the show and, and talking long enough for me to run to the restroom. Appreciate it. You're a champ. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. For sure you guys being here, both callers and listeners alike. It was a very fun, amazing evening. Thank you, seriously, everybody. I want to appreciate all of you who have helped pitch in and sponsor the show this year. We started out with the goal of 1200 and we are only $370 away from that goal. So thank you, everybody, who's helped contribute. We will run that list at the beginning of next week. And, uh, you know, when you when you help sponsor the show, you get this really cool little banner to put on your page. And, and um, yeah, yeah, you'll see. Anyway, appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Go out, make messy with your muses. I'm going to close the piece, uh, show with a piece by Kenny Stewart called A Poet's Dream. I thought it was appropriate for National Poetry Month. And we will talk to you guys soon. Good night, everybody. Is it in a poet's dream to leave etched in stone musings in the imaginations of those here and those who are not yet born? Leaving ourselves not quite immortal, yet centuries shall pass for the elements to fade these etchings worn. And is it in a poet's dream to be viewed as a horizon, treating all those who look in our direction, yet remaining elusive to their outreached detection? Being like that line between earth and sky, never diminishing in its distance, always visible beyond our existence. And is it in a poet's dream to answer riddles within our dancing words, to cast fresh perspectives upon the herds who are desperately stepping within our wake to find this higher ground? Through our translucent clarity, can it be found? Is it in a poet's dream to take flight on the feather pen and wing me, and with stardust inkwells light lifestyles, to follow our passion on all eyes? When seen, will we be recognized or plagiarized? What is in a poet's dream? I don't know. I haven't seen. My mind has spared me in my sleep.